0: Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. (laughs) Alright, what's up everybody and welcome to episode number 185 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries 4. Time has no meaning now because of the coronavirus. Uh, Thursday, May 7th, 2020. My name is Josh Cannon and I am here with the ever-present, ever-ready, omniscient, omnipotent Mike Brizown. How you doing, Mike? It's been a long time. Sense of rock uh, I'm roll. doing
1: good. Uh I have officially graduated from Washington State uh University wow. Vancouver. Wow. Uh cum laude. So Impressive. Uh, not no, Magna cum laude. Did you just but, see that, Mike? Uh, yeah. Cum Laude. You,
0: well, no, it sounded like there's another voice. Did you hear that? No. It, am I uh, hallucinating? My
1: mom's watching T V, so that could that could be it's oh yeah. Like, it like a oh. guy's voice. Oh yeah, you're right.
0: Oh shit, you know what? This is fan appreciation month or week, depending on how many people are interested. Oh my god. Is this is this Zach Weber from the Knights of Vader podcast?
2: I'm not here. Ducks behind couch.
0: <laughs> oh, I think it is. I
2: recognize
0: that that strident voice anywhere. That that would be Zachary Weber from the Knights of Vader podcast. He's here with us for uh I don't know. Whenever we have the, our our week or month or however long, where we have fans on the podcast, whoever would want to do that, whoever would want to put themselves through that kind of scrutiny, I don't I don't understand. But but he is here. Hello, Zach. How are you doing?
2: Hello, uncovering unexplained mysteries audience. Yes, it is Isaac. It is nothing short of a pleasure, delight, and an honor to be on this podcast as a listener for near God. a a true lifer when it comes to this podcast is humbling to be here after all these years. Thank you for having me both Josh and Mike.
1: Um, no problem. Uh, it's always nice to have another perspective and another voice on uh, the podcast. Yes. I look forward
2: to dumping gasoline on this fire even more so than YouTube (laughs) ring. Yes. You guys bring a couple of cans. I bring like just like a vat. And I'm like, let's do this.
0: <laughs> so um, to, to stroke and inflate my ego uh, bigger than it already is, um, as I sit in my trailer with my bathrobe on and the, my curlers in my hair, cucumber circles on my eye. Um, Zach, actually, I, I heard a rumor and I don't I'm not going to divulge where I heard it from that you actually started your Knights of Vader podcast as a result of listening to us two idiots one day, and you said, hey, if these two idiots can do this, so can I. Is that
2: true? That is indeed true. Maybe I didn't use the word idiot. Maybe I used the word simpletons. I don't like that word, idiot. Um, But no, all all joking aside, um, yes, back when Josh and Mike started their podcast in 2016, um, I listened to it, and I was genuinely enamored with it. And after many months, uh, Josh, I think in the Facebook group was like, or maybe this is before the Facebook group, Josh is like, hey, like, just contact me if you have any questions about podcasting. And I hit him up and he basically gave me a bunch of advice that was helpful. And uh, long story short, I've been doing my Star Wars podcast for over three years now. I've been doing a movie podcast for over two years now. So Josh is the uh, baby daddy of my podcasting career. So in Mike, by extension, Mike's kind of like, like the distant uncle. Like he shows up to like maybe like, like the 12th birthday party. He gives you like maybe a hundred bucks. You're like, wow, it's nice. When uncle Mike shows up though. But, uh, but no, it, it really is. I, I would not have been doing this all these years. if It wasn't for this podcast.
1: Uh, well, that's cool. Uh, glad that, uh, josh could help you and that our podcast could uh, provide you some inspiration um podcasting a lot of it is just about getting right down to it and and doing it that's really the first biggest step of all and then uh finding uh something you're passionate about you don't want to do a podcast about something that you're not really that into just because it's trending uh that's not a good idea uh because uh people will see through that pretty quickly. Uh, and it's just one of those things where uh, it, it's not as hard or as daunting as it may seem, especially compared to other kinds of uh, forms of media that you can create. Like, for instance, creating an entire YouTube channel and like trying to build an audience that way. That's a little bit more difficult uh, in terms of doing that versus a podcast. Because a podcast, you could just have a microphone and just your voice and your passion. And, and that can g- really take you quite far. Well, what was cool about
0: Zach was like a lot of people have asked me before how to start a podcast. You know, a lot of them have been from listening to our podcast and Or they could just be random people and like, dude, tell me how to start a podcast. And I like I go through I even made a YouTube video about it to where I could just like send them a link to the video Uh uh, instead of actually telling them. But I would tell them how to do it and they just wouldn't fucking do it. They'd just be like, yeah, cool, man. And it's like they wanted that instant, like uh, instant gratification, but they didn't actually want to like get into the trenches and I like, do the work. Mm-hmm. And like Zach actually did it, and, and like you know he has a following now, and uh, you know that's, yeah. that's 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 super cool. You he probably
1: it was a good it was a good time to start a Star Wars podcast, that's for sure. Considering the new trilogy was uh, really uh, starting to come out around that time, so there was a lot of discussion and talking points.
2: Um Yeah, right in the wake of uh, Rogue One. Actually it's funny, Mike, because you're the Star um, Well, you're the Star Wars and movie person between <laughs> you and Josh. Um, to be fair, any anybody between Josh the other person's usually the movie person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um Um, but like I started the star Wars podcast because I felt there wasn't enough derision in the star Wars fan. This was was right after rogue one came out in the Force Awakens, And I'm like, people aren't being critical of star Wars. I'm like, what is with people? Like I love star Wars, but we need to be critical of it if it makes mistakes. And then, um, seven months later, the last Jedi comes out and the entire fan base is a tire fire. That's (laughs) never been put out since. Um, so I kind of got what I wanted in the worst way possible.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: But yeah, but now when it comes to Star Wars, there's practically no news because there's no new movies on the horizon. No,
1: because of uh, the coronavirus, there isn't going to be really anything uh, that they're going to work on unless it's like animation or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's something they could eat. You could maybe conceivably do easier because you could have like voice actors in their own rooms or they could even record dialogue uh, in their own homes And, you know, animation guys can work on stuff at home, but like shooting films, it's, that's, that's, I I honestly, I think it's going to be a while till we really see the film industry recover from this. And I don't think that it's going to be the same. I think there's going to be some studios that are going to have to scale back considerably to start uh, laying off even more people, sadly. And, uh, I think some of the more independent studios are definitely going to be hurt, uh, the biggest or everyone
0: could just stop being a bunch of pussies and sacrifice the week to make some great movies again, America. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I don't disagree with either perspective. I do not disagree. Um, but yeah, I, uh, as a movie lover, like Mike, um, I am very saddened by the fact that like, I can't go to the movies. Um, that's just something that was always, again, I can, this is the first time I ever talked to Mike folks. I've talked, I've talked, cho- I've talked Josh's ear off more times. So than He can count, but uh no, like I am a huge movie lover. I don't know if I'm at the same level that Mike is, but um, I, I am definitely within the ballpark of him. So I, I can relate. It's weird. I, I'm friends with Josh more than Mike though, but I think Mike and I would get along in the sense of like on similar interests. So just put that out there folks. Uh Yeah. <laughs> Unsolved mysteries. That's, uh, uh, but, that, uh that was uh, like, well, Yeah, I know. It's a weird tangent. No, but one thing I want to say about about uncovering unexplained mysteries that, like, folks, um, I I was telling Josh before this, before we started recording, he's like, save it for the recording, you jerk. Don't blow the good stuff. And one thing is that, like, I've been a listener of uncovering unexplained mysteries back when it wasn't called that. Um, I can relate to that, too, because my Star Wars podcast was called something else before its current iteration. And, folks, you got, I, I know, like, Josh, you deleted a bunch of the original episodes for many reasons you deleted them. But, like, if you were there for, like, the OG episodes, like, that summer of 2016, I want to tell your audience they missed out, like... I can still, rem- I, I mean that genuinely. By the way, like your episode on, I'm having a complete uh, brain meltdown right now. Oh my god, Josh's favorite segment of all time um, what, at allega- the lake with- abduction. All thank you. Uh, I, yes, thank you. I can't believe I blanked on that. That episode where Josh inserted the audio, I almost pee my pants. And I've seen that segment <laughs> like a hundred times. And like, I can still remember, like after that segment played, both of you were like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, ooh. that was- And I'm like, I. Yeah. I was spooked out. That was what I was, was so spooked. great
0: about like the early days of uncovering unsolved mysteries, which was what our podcast was ri- originally named. Is, is no, on- no. Oh, Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I know. Oh <laughs> Call the lawyers. Duck. Call the lawyers. John Cosgrove's briefcase just got thrown at my head.
1: What the fuck? <laughs>
2: um, Did you hear that broken glass sound? This came through Josh's window.
1: Yeah, but... Um, no, it, that's just Stone Cold Steve Austin coming to give him a stunner. It's going to open up a can of whoop-ass for not respecting (laughs) copyright and trademark law.
0: No, that, yeah. <laughs> that was like that was really fun back in the day, being able to talk about Unsolved Mysteries and then actually inserting the clip of exactly, well, like, uh, I mean, it was the Allagash abductions. It was that uh, one time we were talking about Gary Magno, the fraudster, and um, mm-hmm. I, I think they had the guy who did the uh, undercover investigation. We inserted the clip of what he said. It just made it a lot stronger and more interesting whenever we could actually insert a, a clip from the show in there, and, I mean, it wasn't, they were never significant chunks. We
1: still did... We still wound up doing some of that in later episodes. You know, kind of working around... Like for for little clips, like the guys scream. And oh the tall yeah, man. yeah. Well, I mean that's literally uh, like a two second house. clip. They can kiss my ass on that one. Like or or, or the <laughs> or the ghost in that one segment that. Uh,
3: oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Devil's backbone. That's that's. That, that. I have a.
0: Didn't
2: you have a, that, that? Is like. A, yeah. I love ahead. that. I love that. I got a bone to pick with you guys about that. I love that segment so much. And when you guys craft on it, I'm like, get out of here. I love. I love the glow blue monk ghost guys don't deserve him well i think we were i
0: think we were praising the uh the, the cinematography but the yeah. actual story itself and the uh constipated raiden at the beginning
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh! yeah like it was just it was so crazy and the guy who turned into the wolf and then it showed yeah. it, it showed some uh just it almost looked like uh, that that early FMV like full motion video on PlayStation One whenever he like turned into the wolf and it, I think it was supposed to be more dramatic looking or whatever, but it just looked incredibly cheesy to me. Yeah, uh, which is unsolved mysteries at its uh, really. Mm-hmm. I felt like they they stayed away from that kind of shit earlier on in the in the show, which is like was smart. But I think as they got more high budget and more popular, they started taking on cases where. It was reaching a little bit more into the outlandish, um, like with some of the stories that they would cover. And it's like, well, how do we depict a guy turning into a wolf? Well, I don't know. Let's figure it out. And more often than
1: not, I felt like it just kind of ended up looking cheesy. I, yeah. I, well, prob- probably because of the budget that they had. and the, They had constraints in terms of the budget at the time. Uh, I'll take uh, guys turning into wolves and constipated ghosts any day of the week over fertility statues oh,
0: and
2: God. Of
1: chocolates.
3: <laughs> Zach, if
2: you say you oh, liked God. that
0: segment, then you're out like instantly. Like, oh, or that's
2: that. That's the thing though, is that like, I remember a couple of years ago, like right before uh, unsolved mysteries got like internet syndicated, however, we call it dumped on streaming. I remember I went out and, um, Oh God, Mike, i uh, got the great website of I offer before it got dismantled. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: The great website that's not that's uh-huh. there, but like they don't do that anymore. I remember buying uh, what the- does
1: it now is like sell.com and like some of the sellers that were on iOffer have created their own websites to sell stuff. Okay. So, but there's still a lot of sellers that aren't selling anything anymore. And so yeah. there's a lot of stuff that, like, well, too bad, so sad. Sort of tried, should have tried to get it before. And I'm glad I did before uh, the copyright police got involved.
2: I had to rain on that parade, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I just I want real quick. Cause obviously I don't want to hijack this podcast. Um, I have diarrhea of the mouth plus I'm kind of like starstruck. Um, I just want to say like my own thing when it comes, like, can I say how I got involved with unsolved mysteries? Like, can I tell that? Sure. Well, I'll yeah, be real ab- brief. Uh, absolutely. Um, how, I was, again, uh, I, I was a fellow Floridian much like Josh. I grew up in Newport, Ritchie, Florida, which I remember when I told Josh that once he said, Oh, I dated a girl from there once. Worst mistake of my life.
0: Yeah, they called it (laughs) it Newport Roxy. It's like the the pill capital of the world.
2: Yes, that which is very disheartening, considering I loved my childhood home so much. (laughs) Zach just had these
0: blinders on all the time, like la la la, going to Blockbuster, eating a McDonald's snow cone. Oh, there's someone on a meth. I don't know what that is. La 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 la. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Hey, it was a Checkers banana milkshake. Get it right, sir. Oh, those are the shit.
0: I've had uh, those. Yes, they are very good.
2: i love checkers i would die for a checkers hamburger with
1: i don't think adoption. there's a. i i'm not familiar with checkers because i don't think i have a chance i have the opportunity to be familiar with one because i don't think there are any checkers on this uh, well side sometimes they're, they're called rallies they're either
0: country. rallies in or ohio, checkers in
2: ohio it's ohio no rallies um, either <laughs> yeah you're missing out well we don't, have, we, we don't have we don't have jack Florida. in the box so that's fine. That's, that's nothing to get excited about either. Um, but no, killer burger, like, the, that's a mm, killer burger. I don't know what that is. Water burger. No, the, we're, we're going to keep interrupting
0: you, Zach. Welcome to uncovering explain mysteries.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel great. I feel like this is the equivalent of Google gobble. One of us. Um, uh, no, but, like, I grew up in Florida, and I was homeschooled for my uh, fifth and sixth grades of schooling. And, like, for the lo- I was, like, obsessed with the Lifetime channel when I was, like, el- like 10, 11. Yep. And so, like, I would beg, like, at 8 o'clock in the morning, they would have Golden Girls on it. At 9, they would have the nanny, and I loved the nanny. And I would convince my mother to, like, delay, like, my schooling so I could watch it. And then, like, 1 o'clock was Unsolved Mysteries, And I would be like, we can't start again because my lunch was from like 12 to 1. And I'm like, we can't start school. I have to watch Unsolved Mysteries. And that's essentially how I was hooked because they would play, again, I'm not sure, different regions of the country if it played at different times. But from 1 to 2, and then I think from like 8 to 9 was Unsolved Mysteries. And that's when I really started getting hooked into like more like Josh and Mike did initially, like the paranormal stuff. And I can still remember like watching the Mothman segment for the first time at like eight o'clock at night and just being so scared out of my mind. Like now I watch that segment and I laugh at it because I love the fact they have a guy like wearing a carpet and two red flashlights like dancing (laughs) outside of a window. I love that. Like I'm like Bravo Unsolved Mysteries.
0: Hey, (laughs) Um, it's still scary.
2: It's scary. Oh no! It's still
1: real th- to me. Damn it!
0: There's some
2: <laughs> unsolved mystery stuff that still freaks me out. Like Al Gash, will, like will never be top. Like that's like there, there should be an Emmy one, uh, one for that segment. Um, but no. But like that's how I got uh, really into the unsolved mysteries fold. And then my moved from Florida to New York in the late summer of 2004 that was no longer an option because I was not around for daytime television. But I guess the last segment that I really kind of just want to highlight real quick, um, I can. I think the only last segment I really want to highlight is the chupacabra segment. Yeah. That, I, I, I will always remember that segment because there's the guys, I think a lot of the episode is dubbed into English. And there's a point where the guy is describing the chupacabra and he does the act. He puts his hands on his head and he starts making the buzzing sound. <laughs> and I will always remember that as being one of the most hysterical moments in unsolved Mysteries. He actually goes, and and I'm like, as like eleven year old, you're like, what is going on? It's like, like what? There's there's a lizard man that lives like in Central America, and and he <laughs> eats goats. And I'm like, again, I'm eleven years old. Like I didn't know how to Google any of this. Like I was, I lived a very sheltered life. And I'm like, like again, it opened my eyes. And uh, like it's a shame that like really after that, I know you guys can attest to this. That like nothing ever picked up the ball. Or ever took this sort of weird stuff, like cryptozoology and just the macabre and, and things like this in such a down to earth, matter of fact yeah, manner is unsolved no. mystery that because like you guys know like the travel channel would do things oh god mike you probably know um it was called weird travels with, yeah Don wildman yeah. that was and that was one of the very few things that kind of was at the same time period as like unsolved mysteries was kind of coming well to an sightings
1: end. sightings is also one of those shows
2: mike will fly the flag 90s.
1: for sightings until the <laughs> end of time
2: uh, yeah I, i've tried getting into sightings it's like an alternative to unsolved mysteries and i just never could it feels like you know, it feels too inside baseball.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It is definitely not the same kind of thing. You have to go into it not expecting Unsolved Mysteries production values, because there definitely isn't going to be Unsolved Mysteries production values. Um, there isn't going to be the same kind of um, approach. It's more of like uh, a journalistic sort of, uh, yeah, you know, like the kind of uh, you you. Turn on the news, and you'd hear somebody talking about something. Um, it, 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 it's it, it's an acquired taste, but I there, there are some there are some segments that are just so ridiculous in terms of the cases, in terms of some of the stuff that it, it is it is uh, worth a watch. I, I would recommend trying to hunt down the Sally House ghosts segments. Like those are like th- there's some compelling stuff in there that. I still can't explain. And uh a lot of the experts and people involved with the show at the time still point to that as like one of the most compelling and just shocking inc- incidents uh dealing with the paranormal phenomena that they dealt with uh while working on the show.
2: Well, there's actually now that you mentioned that and you got oh God, I had it showed it used to show up on cable a lot even in the last few years. Yeah, it was on years. the
1: Sci-Fi channel uh sightings quite a lot
2: but no there was a different one this was because this is the thing that you guys probably picked up on obviously being people who like fellow god like macabre enthusiasts and (laughs) i was more into
1: the unexplained so i guess that's kind of sure six to one half
2: dozen the other Um, I remember why I was younger on the like again. It's weird how like all these channels like used to sit there do this like really weird stuff, and then like Mm -hmm. they just eventually transition to just like stupid stuff. Like originally it would be like, oh, you could watch this stuff. Like, like if you're doing it in reverse chronological order, you could watch it on Destination America, and then before that, it was like the Travel Channel, and before the Travel Channel, it was TLC, and before TLC, Mm -hmm. it was Discovery. And I can still remember like back like it has to be like late '90s. There was this program. It was like a special. It was like Kind of like what Jonathan Frakes would do, like every like what back in the late '90s. It wasn't him, but it was like hauntings and mysteries in America. It was a one-off. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was just like all these like little short little vignettes, mm-hmm. but they're all true again. Very unsolved mysteries. Ask probably something yeah. trying to ape off that success. And I remember as a kid, that probably was my first taste of that sort of thing. And oh boy, it just like it freaked me out to my core. But I think that's the thing that again, I don't want this to be an entire conversation about. Or, I don't, again, I don't want to hijack anything. But the idea of, like, you don't have that sort of programming anymore when it comes to the unexplained that takes it very seriously and matter of factly. Um, Like, you guys know from Travel Channel, we have Zach Baggins. You have, like, all these, like, a caught on tape. Well, Discovery
1: used to have uh, a haunting. Which I think oh, is still yeah. a, a legitimately good series. A lot of it is reenactments with occasional interviews with, you know, people who uh, supposedly experienced these events. Um, I think a e had Paranormal State, and that <clears> one I, I didn't mind, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it is the Ghost Hunters, like, oh my god, like, did you see that? Like, holy shit, like, I felt, I felt something, like, touch my back. You yeah, know, that kind of thing.
2: That Well, that's the thing that bothers me. Like even remember back like 10 years ago, like when a haunting started or maybe it didn't start then, but like when it really started, like become popular, it felt too slick and overproduced. And I'm like, I get that's what people want. And I don't knock them for that. It's it's one of those things where I don't I'm not taking anything away from it for that. It's just that it's not what I want from these sort of shows. And that's one thing that like and I, and I have to I have to plug this because I wouldn't be doing it right or doing myself justice Um, There was a TV show, and Mike, I think I brought it up to you and Josh in the Facebook group, like, years ago. It was called Real Scary Stories, and it was on Fox Family, which which later transitioned into ABC Family. And I've had a royal hard-on for this show forever, and, and I don't mean to toot my own horn when I say this, if it weren't for me, this show would not exist anymore. I <laughs> I taped four episodes in the Halloween of 2002. Of it. Uh-huh. I uploaded it to YouTube in 2011, and I and it's not available anywhere. And why I mean anywhere? I mean like like I offer touring. Well, there's there's it's a nowhere. lot of
1: shows like that. Sadly, I mean that where there's just tons of episodes that are just non-existent. Uh, even one of the longest running. True Crime, you know, uh shows uh, America's Most Wanted like that. You can't barely find any full episodes or 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 even close to the entirety of that series. And it oh, lasted sure. uh, honestly, I think longer than unsolved mysteries. But
2: that's and, the thing
1: that- okay. And it just does it's just kind of fallen off the face of 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 the
2: earth. But that's the thing with this show, Real Scary Stories, though, like to kind of like juxtapose that what you were saying is that like I get with like the shows that are weekly that people just don't like, especially back like in the late 90s, early 2000s, people weren't like saving that sort of stuff like they do now. Like everything is saved by everybody just for that reason. Mm -hmm. We've learned our lessons. But with this Real Scary Stories show is that like it was on a children's TV show network and it was really, I don't want to say it was unique. It's clearly trying to make... It's trying to profit off of, like, the Blair Witch Project. It's very inspired yeah. by that. But the thing is that, like, there's no record of it online, um, like, anywhere. Like, like there's a Wikip- I think there's a Wikipedia entry for it. Like, there's, of course, IMDb has a listing for it. And the weird thing is that, like, I've only found one Facebook group for it, and, like, nobody ever talks about it. Sounds it's, it's-
1: like you should uh, uh, submit it to the Lost Media wiki.
2: I've I've tried they don't even want any parts of it. Like I've tried getting uh. in contact with those people and they just they don't nobody cares about it. It's and the weird thing was that a couple of years ago somebody because like in the four episodes I uploaded, like I in the like comments or I'm sorry, in the description I put like if anybody has any episodes, please contact me. Like please. Like I, I just want more of this. And somebody actually had four more episodes taped from the same time period that oh. I did. But there's actually I still think there's about Three or four more episodes that are still just yeah. missing, and I know there's actually people from South America that love the show, and they they have all the episodes, but they're all in a Spanish dub. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's so frustrating when you run into that when you're looking for things and you find just dubbed episodes or dubbed uh, featurettes for like uh, the making of a movie, and I'm like, damn it, like why isn't this on the DVD or Blu-ray, and why can why can I only watch it on YouTube in a different language? Like, that- can I have like an American fe- made featurette with the American audio. Like,
2: what? <laughs> yeah. And that's like, but that's the thing, though, is that like th- this show just doesn't exist in any hmm. capacity. And that's what
1: like- it's the first time I've heard of that one, to be honest. Like, I might have seen clips of it when I was a kid. I don't really, but it, you know, it, it's not really ringing a bell. Uh, I don't know if you remember another show that aired, I think, on ABC Family, Scariest Places on Earth. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. A, it, they both premiered within like a week of each other back in like 2000, and that was the show that got and kind of really picked I up. I
1: found I found some clips of Scariest Places on Earth, but I, that's another show where not every episode is available. Like I'm trying to find the other episodes, and i I'm, I've only been able to find like uh, five episodes for season one and n- none from any other season <laughs> that's that's but, yeah but like i the remember there,
0: there was a show on um it was called the american heroes channel or a- ahc yeah.
1: Oh, that yep. freaking channel! Yeah, yeah. and
0: uh, they 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 aired a show called Nazis: Evolution of Evil, and it was one of the best. It was like a seven part show, and it was one of the best. And that's the
1: one you keep trying to find and can't find, yes. right?
0: Yeah, it was one of the best, like combining reenactments with like actual fact. You know, like people who were there or people who were historians or whatever. It was so uh like fascinating and it was like the best like world war ii kind of hitler coverage uh i've i've ever seen and for the fucking life of me there's like two episodes or there were two episodes on youtube and then after that it's just yeah and you can't find it anywhere and it's like super frustrating because like you could tell a lot of money was put into the, the the show and you know they they had a whole professional crew and everything and it's like why Why would you not preserve that? Like, I could, I could understand some shitty like internet TV series being lost to time because you know maybe like one or two people were involved and it was just some passion project. But when it's like a whole crew and like hmm. a whole like production that's on a major uh, network TV, you
1: know, kind of thing, it's like how how do you not have a team that? Like, it might be one of those things Josh Where it's under a different title But you don't know what the different title is So you're just kind of Stuck Or, uh, And I remember when we were lo- Looking for that because I was trying to help you find that And I remember it was like oh look And then, it, then we were like no it's not actually That show It's just some box set That has the same name yeah. But isn't what You're looking for
0: yeah, because when it comes to Nazis, it's easy to be like, you know, like to title a show Nazis and then whatever the byline is, it could be something so similar that it's like uh, the the ev- uh, evil evolved or whatever, you know, like there's a lot of, you know.
2: Well, I have a question with this show. Is it just called Evolution of Evil and is it solely Nazis or is it like other like people? Just
0: things? it's just it's it's literally Hitler's rise to power and his downfall it it talks about uh world war him in world war one and how he got injured and how you know he began like hating jews and uh how he like got bitter towards german government and how he would go to the beer halls and he would you know uh there was some group there that were kind of like you know far right and he would like listen in on their meetings and be like und ja i agree with that. Und here's what else we should do and he would start you know pontificating loudly and they're like oh I, who's this uh you know young anti-semitic guy uh, he's got some spark to him let's oh, let's get this guy in here uh, he's got some <laughs> leadership qualities to him and and then it like it, it went from that all the way to him basically taking power and then his ultimate uh, defeat and demise, and uh, it was just so good, like how they how they did it. I can't believe that shows, you know. I can't believe it's so hard. I remember that.
2: I remember that. Anyway, the time Josh, is describe, Josh is describing Hitler's rise to power. I can think of the Monty Python sketch, Mister. Oh God, Mister. Hilter. I'm. Yeah. Any Monty Python fans out there, Mister. Hilter?
0: I don't even know how Mike, how, how
1: I would watch.
2: I've seen Monty
1: Python, but I don't remember that particular sketch. All right, I stumped Mike. I can go home now. All right, guys, thanks <laughs> for
0: having
2: me on. I'm getting, you know what? I'm taking the money and running. Uh, Bye.
0: Uh, uh, uh. It wasn't a movie. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, it's close enough. It's uh, media. Uh, uh. It's all
2: the, it's, it's all the same universe. <laughs>
0: So anyway, on this on this week's podcast, uh, so I'm looking at, at the clock here. and We got our cursory 30 minutes of bullshit in that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, on this week's podcast, we felt that it was um, only right and proper for us to talk about all these. Uh, well, I don't want to say leaked because they're not leaked. These are official declassified radar footage of uh, UFOs. And um, they've actually was this was featured on a show called Unidentified, which uh, Mike found. Was this a, is this a show that you normally watch, Mike, or how did you? No, come across it's it? not
1: a show I normally watch. What happened was I was looking uh, up other videos that were talking about this particular these particular videos because I saw someone on my Facebook feed. They shared this um, this uh, it was like a. a It's not a message, but it was an article on a major news site, like CNN or something, that was like, oh, Pentagon has just uh, confirmed uh, they released these three Navy videos uh, officially, and have officially marked them as unidentified. And I was like, whoa, Like, what are these videos? And unlike other people uh, who follow this kind of stuff, I had not actually seen these videos. So when I saw these videos, I was like, "Whoa!" Like <laughs> that. I mean, some. I honestly thought these videos were really uh, compelling bits of evidence for at least something unidentified in our airspace. Um, it might not necessarily be uh, alien. Uh, it might not necessarily be extraterrestrial or or from another dimension. But uh, it's definitely something unidentified. And just to hear voices of some actual pilots and and actual uh, technicians and and, uh, people who work in the Navy uh, reacting to these things, that was also pretty uh, big to me. Although some of the reactions are unexpected like it's just a drone bro. Yeah, I, since when did a just bunch a of fucking drone. When
0: did a bunch of like chads and brads uh <laughs> run our uh, our our air force? Like they're I mean to be to be honest though, I mean it's like they're speaking exactly how I would talk if I was in that capacity. I'd be like, "Dude, what the fuck is that? Holy shit, that's crazy, bro." Like that it's just such a funny like reflection of like because you yeah. you know like back in like the twenties, it'd be like, oh my Jesus, that's darn tootin! I tell you what, what do you call, what do you call that, Thaddeus? Oh, I don't know. There, it sure is a sight to behold, though. You know,
1: I mean, it's like yeah, how people talk changes obviously. And um, no, but you think when you think of navy officers or military officers, you think of them uh, as the facade that they put up. Uh, when they are interviewed by other media and they're super serious and right, very technical and professional. You're not expecting, it's just a fucking drone, bro. <laughs> You're not like expecting that. And so that, uh, but it adds to the authenticity of, of, of some of these videos for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. The comment section on the YouTube videos for these is an absolute cesspool. Because you got all these skeptics uh, and like uh, boomers saying things like it's just a bug on the screen <laughs> it's like do you understand these are professionals and um, guys that have probably worked with this equipment for a long 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 time I mean months if not years they know the ins and outs of this this equipment they they would know if it was just a bug on the screen also, How the fuck does a bug stay on the screen in a plane that's that high up in the air? Right at those temperatures, moving against the wind, which was like what (laughs)
0: 120 knots or whatever the fuck they were saying. Um, And and, like the thing about it is too is on some of this this radar footage that has been declassified now, it, it some of it clearly shows the 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 stereotypical what we all now know to be the traditional flying saucer shape where it's the disc and then it's got the mm-hmm. raised up part in the middle on the top and on the bottom of yeah. the disc. I mean, they show, they show that and they're dude, it's like right there. My,
1: and own- there's all the uh, technology. There's all the, uh, um, not technological, but there's all the different instrumentation graphics and stuff on the screen. Uh, I understand it was fuzzy, there's one video, uh, the one from the Nimitz, which is uh, from 2004. So uh, it's not nearly as good quality as the other ones, but even those aren't amazing. But that doesn't mean that like it's not authentic. Like I, I don't understand the comments. Like it's not an HD. So Dude, like, it just goes—it just goes to show you,
0: people are never fucking happy because <laughs> for the longest time, all these all these skeptics and these like tin foil hat wearing people were, were you know were like the government—they're hiding it, and and their cover-ups aren't good enough. We know that the truth's out there. And then they put the videos out and go, okay, here it is. Uh, yeah, this is uh, authentic uh, footage of UFOs caught on uh, radar. We don't believe it. It's not good enough. We know you're hiding something. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck more? Do, do you want them to, like, wheel the green men out in wheelchairs on uh, national TV? But even then, you know, even then they wouldn't
1: be happy. So it's just like... No, they would come up with something and be like, it's fake. Like I I've, I've been seeing comments of people talking about these UFO videos and they're like it's a cover up for a co- another cover up. Yeah, I mean, dude, you it, know? it it <laughs> really it
0: harkens back to that phrase and Robert Stack used it one time on unsolved mysteries. He said if you if you don't believe not enough evidence will suffice and if you do believe no not enough ev- or no evidence is necessary basically. So like if you believe it doesn't matter. You don't need any evidence. If you don't believe, it doesn't matter how much evidence they're going to put in front of you, you're not going to believe it. Because it's like, people make up their minds on things. Like, my whole thing is because, like, I bet, you know, being the kind of person I am, everyone's sending me and tagging
1: me uh, it- with these videos. You <laughs> you, pr- you probably got sent those videos, like, a hundred times. No, it was, it was, like, yeah, it evident. was like four or five people who sent it to me
0: yeah. or whatever. And the thing is, and they're like, isn't this crazy? Isn't this amazing? It's like... Uh- It's like, yeah, but I already believed in UFOs. I knew they were real. Mm -hmm. I knew knew this was... I didn't... I'm not bullshitting you people when I get... UFOs tattooed on my body and Robert Stack on my arm I, I kind of Believe in this shit you know what I mean Like, But
1: there's also I mean With these with videos like this like I remember seeing some other radar Sort of videos in the past I, Well was Belgium, the, the Bel- Swedish, Belgium The Belgian UFOs uh, it, yeah. Unsolved
0: Mysteries did a whole segment on it back in the Fucking 90s like 15 20 years ago Belgium had the head Start on government transparency With this they released the uh, the, the radar footage that their fighter jet got and it showed the the little dot the little blip on the screen and Mm -hmm. how it ascended and descended at such rates that would have killed a normal human being had they been in that craft and they put it on tv on the nightly news for everyone to see in full transparency and you know they even comment like robert stack even made some comment during that segment like you know uh in a startling move of government transparency, the Swedish government, or the Belgium government, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you know, that that is mm-hmm. cool that they... Uh, did that but honestly i believe that why uh the u.s government had been has been so secret about for so long is because you know the first real significant findings of any wreckage or anything did occur in our backyard in in roswell new mexico back in the uh in the what the uh foot 50s uh the roswell
1: thing happened was the 40s was it the 40s i don't fucking
0: know um gotta look up now Roswell, <laughs> hold on. This should, I was
1: think it was the 50s. I, yeah,
0: I feel like it was the 50s or whatever. Roswell incident, that happened in uh, mid-47, for, uh, 1947. So,
2: That's what I thought, 1947.
0: Yeah, so it happened in our fucking backyard, and um, I, I you know... I, in this uh, program that we watched uh, called Unidentified, where it kind of talks more about this radar footage, everyone in the show, like all the people who actually worked uh, for the military who saw these things, uh, that was, was Ryan Grave or whatever. It was mm-hmm. yeah? Wow, I'm surprised I got that right off on the first Ryan shot. Graves. Wow, close enough. Usually I I, I fuck up like way <laughs> worse, and it's like,
1: well, yeah. How I heard of the show it, uh, uh, to answer that question. Was a very long way to get to that question, uh, in terms of answering. Mike, don't it, act but, like you got. A, uh,
0: don't act like you got anywhere to be right now.
1: I don't, but I'm just saying it was a very long way for me to get to this point. That's what I'm saying. Um, but uh, this uh, show, I saw a clip on YouTube uh, with the Ryan Graves, and because uh, I think it was a recommended video or something, and I was like, sure, why not? With and the then Ryan watched Graves. It yeah with Ryan Graves uh, and I watched it and I was like whoa so there's actually someone in the navy who was a a, a part of the fleet that saw these things uh, confirming the what is seen in in some in, in these videos that's just enormous like that's huge that's really big news and uh, People, a lot of people just, I think they just buffed off the show as just another ancient aliens or something, which is a problem because, but that's a problem that History Channel created themselves. Yes, I, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame for people thinking that, uh, Giorgio is going to show up at some point in that show.
0: What and, we and are seeing about... here in this radar <laughs> footage is the little blip is actually a smaller satellite signaling to the mothership up in the sky that we can't see that is sending a message to a microchip in Donald Trump's hair and that's why we have the coronavirus yeah that's ancient alien that's that's ancient aliens for you and if you watch this documentary they are they're Basically, the uh, UFOs, uh, uh, well, aliens is is treated uh, like like a, a racial slur. They avoid it. Yes, they avoid yes. it like a, the plague because they know mm-hmm. the stigma that comes along as soon as you even make the any kind of proclamation that this is aliens. You know, so they're trying to bolster their credibility by avoiding, you know, saying what it is. They say I don't know what it is, you know, but
1: the Elizondo and some other people like they 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 are pretty much saying that they feel that it's not something that is man made or right that's or, certainly uh, the implication from their you know cuz they're mm. like
0: they're like before you start saying that it's russia or china it's not because they're having the same problem and blah blah, blah. so it's like yeah mm. he's definitely trying to guide you mentally to where you're like well if it's not russia and it's not china and it's not this and that there's only one thing it could be
1: (laughs) 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 but uh i i I didn't mind it Uh, i i don't know if i'm gonna seek out the rest of the uh, of the series uh anytime soon uh i thought it was okay i think a lot of it it's not as enjoyable or, or as entertaining as unsolved Mysteries or some other shows that deal with UFOs because it's trying so hard to be legitimate and uh beating and, and not owning up to the fact that really what we're here for is aliens you know <laughs> yeah. and UFOs right. but uh I, I but at the same time I do appreciate the approach of trying to take a more serious uh take on things uh in particular with the interviews with uh pilots and 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 uh other people involved with the navy
0: well we know the footage is real now that's one thing we do know we know the radar footage is real and it's totally showing the trademark stereotypical almost a cliche at this point flying saucer image
1: in one of the and then there's the one that rotates which that that one like, right. Uh, it's
0: going from being horizontal and then like the disc totally goes vertical and it defies it, it just it just defies all rules of aeronautics of 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 air, uh, of flight, of
1: thrust, of of lift, all that. yeah it just and they actually had aeronautics experts on on the show like Ryan himself when he's not on an aircraft carrier, he's an aeronautics expert. Uh, and he didn't have any explanation for for the for the gimbal. Uh the they brought on some other folks uh from two different uh one was parts a, one was a commercial pilot industry. and the other was yeah. um some so, in some former position of for the marines or military or something like yeah. that. He was a military pilot uh aeronautics expert. And uh he was they were both like I don't know. And and one of the guys, the military guy was convinced after he saw those videos that you know, before I saw these videos, I, I I was very skeptical and didn't think that you know that there was much to this. But when I saw these videos, like I, I mean, I I'm convinced. Now, the first thing that I would like to point out is that
0: the biggest argument for the longest time about why the government won't release anything they have regarding UFOs is that there would be a public crisis, a public freakout everyone would lose their we're already shit. in
1: a massive crisis
0: <laughs> right and it's like it, it, and it's so it's funny that and everyone of course everyone said that uh, oh it's funny that they released this footage during the coronavirus when everyone's distracted and mm-hmm. all that what do you do you, uh, zach and mike we'll start with zach do you uh how, how what what is your reaction to that do you think that there's some kind of uh uh, like, do, do you think it's ironic that they release this uh, all this classified footage during the coronavirus, or do you just think that it just happened to line up that way?
2: Um, I I, I know wasn't it a couple? Of, oh God, it might be a couple of years now that some they did release other footage like this, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, this is neat!" And like Trump did something fifteen minutes later, and everyone's like, "Who cares?" and <laughs> yeah. I think,
3: and I think uh. like again,
2: whether you like Trump or not, that's not the issue, but it's it's that like having this sort of thing seems almost boring in comparison. Like you, like you guys were saying, yeah. Um, it's kind of like it gets swallowed in the news cycle of everything else. So you're kind of like, eh, but I think even if we weren't in the current, like apocalypse of, of the world coming to an end, I don't think this would be a huge news story. I don't, I think most people have accepted aliens like you guys have. Like, it's like either you believe it or you don't. It's one of those things where you've made up your mind about it a long time ago and there's really nothing concrete here. Like you, Josh was saying with the Belgian UFO thing from, from God decades ago, it's like we're just seeing it in better definition now than we've ever seen it before. It's still something that they can't make sense of. Um, I think it maybe for me, I think it means less now than it's ever before because there's so much crap flying in the skies. Like like they even say in the video, like, oh, it could be a drone. It could be this. It could be that. Like back during the Belgian UFO like era, It was like, oh, there was only so many things in the sky at that point. Now, like, we just have so much crap floating out there. Like, one of my favorite things from, like, learning from Earth science back in the day was like, oh, the wrench that flies around the Earth, like, 25,000 miles an hour. And, like, NASA, like, tracks every single piece of, like, debris in the, like, not just in the atmosphere, but in space that orbits Earth. And the fact that you have something like this and they're claiming they don't know what it is— I don't believe that. Maybe this is the time Josh breaks out the true third member of the uh, of the podcast. Um, I don't think this is anything to get truly excited about. Um, I would love it with something. What a little do you bit more- think
1: about actual, you know, Navy pilots who saw these things who are actually corroborating these I, uh, it's- incidents? Like what is what does Graves have to do risking his career? And think, the integrity of, of of his status as a naval officer. What does he have to gain by I, exaggerating or lying about any of this stuff? I
2: don't think he's lying or exaggerating. I think when it comes to the government, and especially the military, everything is done for a reason. Um, they're doing this for some reason. At this, you also have to realize, not you as in Mike, I mean you as in the audience, just you in general. Um, it's the notion of... We also don't know what's happening. Like, if, if the if the Navy is claiming they found something like this, that could be getting them more attention. It could be drawing attention from something else. Usually, the simplest solution is the most plausible. I I don't think this is meant for us in any way, as in just like uh, UFO enthusiasts, unexplained aficionados. I think the Navy's doing something, and this is some level of subterfuge. Um, whether Graves. Guy's name pulled out of a hat and reluctantly had to go out there and kind of like ring the bell on this story. I don't know. Um, I like the more and more, I I've don't buy it-
1: that at all. I really don't like, this is, this is the point where it's opposing of viewpoints. Uh, but really, uh, <laughs> sure, I, I, I do not, I do not buy that for one second. See, so, um,
2: but like, if you're going like, to think about it too, Mike, there's like,
1: way, have- there's way more involved in your plan of there being some secret uh, plan within a plan, uh, cover up within a
2: cover up. I don't think it's cover ups that- though. I think it's more just. It could. I think it's. I wish the reason why they were releasing this was for an infinitely more spectacular reason than I think. Well, it
1: these is. videos have actually been available mm-hmm. before now, and they are just now being confirmed by the Pentagon to actually be legitimate cases of uh, unidentified objects now they could te- technically be something related to some other military sort of thing but i i just don't see what they have to gain by uh, by trying to say anything about this being uh like for instance um i don't i just don't see what they have to gain by doing this uh, whole charade so to speak and i, don't, it, think it's I, a I really don't
2: i think it's 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 the equivalent of just setting off a, a thing of firecrackers it's it's there either as a distraction or to get someone's attention or something or someone's attention and we'll never know Well,
0: i think they were saying something along the lines of we we wanted to release these um this footage uh to the public so other pilots won't feel uh pressure or the, yeah because there's 50 or 60 different pilots that can corroborate what
1: graves is talking well about.
0: They, they they wanted they wanted other pilots like around the you know country to not feel st- the stigma of like coming forward with what they see in the sky basically so they wanted yeah. they wanted to like destigmatize it a bit because there was a there was a stigma and there still is like yeah. like even during think they're crazy even during that um that that show which granted I get it. it's a TV show and it's ba- it's based on reality but who knows like how you know, we know that Ryan Graves is a real person but you know throughout the show Ryan uh, was supposed to appear uh, for like a secondary interview and he got cold feet and he sent he sent the host a, a, a text message. It- it actually
1: wasn't Ryan. It was a different guy. Oh, okay. It was the guy on uh, uh, I think that one of the videos who was uh, talking about what he saw. Well, no, it was, like, it, so it, he... I think it was Ryan too at some point, and then Ryan had to come mm.
0: back because he had to like he had some kind of closed door meeting in, in the uh, in in Washington or whatever about about yeah. something regarding that. But he he kind of got cold feet on on uh talking about it on the show and then the other guy who was supposed to be interviewed also got cold feet so it was like they there's still a stigma or there's there's still some entity uh government it you know governmental in nature that's out there you know having people shut the fuck up like you know
1: i don't want to say the men in black but you know, some maybe some well, like they said, people who uh, you know they'll put uh, poison on your door, cancer on your doorknobs or something. You know that kind of yeah. Thing. The, honestly, it, poison.
0: Yeah that that case, the Withville, Kentucky UFOs with Danny Gordon. That that is quickly ever since that stuff came out about Allegash being a hoax or whatever. Uh, that Withville, Kentucky uh, UFO saga is quickly becoming my new favorite. Uh, segment on (laughs) unsolved mysteries yeah Uh, because yeah Uh it's got everything and it's it's real you know this this country bumpkin radio host um in the 90s when when you know ufo sightings were at their peak he gets this like you know this swarm of phone calls from you know all kinds of people after he breaks one singular story it's like that one story gets broken and everyone starts coming forward and saying what they know and you know then he starts getting these mysterious phone calls and Unsolved Mysteries actually played, like, I wish they played the whole damn clip. and I w- Or I wish the clip was made available somewhere on YouTube to hear the whole clip. But it's some, like, old military-sounding guy saying, you know, they'll get you any way they can, Danny. Uh, my son died from leukemia. And they, you know, he was insinuating that the government gave it to him. He's like, they'll they'll mm-hmm. put it on your doorknobs. They'll put it on your uh, drivers, uh, on the, um, your, um... Steering wheel, you know, however they can... They'll make it look like it's an accident, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... um. There's definitely still forces out there that are, that are wanting to keep this under wraps. Now, here's my tinfoil hat kind of theory about that whole situation is... Um, I think the reason why the U.S. has been so much more closely guarded about it is because I think that we have the most information. I think we have the most... Uh, Physical evidence. Uh, We had multiple crafts crash land in our own backyard. I think that we recovered bodies. Uh, I think they got transported to various facilities throughout the United States. Uh, Some stayed in Roswell, some went to uh, uh, where is
1: that? Uh, Where the CIA base over
0: in um,
3: Virginia.
1: You you, uh, you also have to look at uh, how quickly we advanced in terms of our technological abilities. Um, yeah host uh, roswell and we've talked
0: about that before you know we've talked about on the podcast about how how quickly and and stupidly advanced we we had we came as a you know technologically
1: kind of after that happened, you know um, so I th- it could just be a coincidence, but it, it's a lot faster than uh, a lot of other civilizations. In history, I mean, dude, even if you Uh, even if you
0: look like like what Zach was saying, like you know, uh, uh, the Belgian sightings were more credible twenty years ago because there was much less stuff in the sky. Well, just twenty years later, now we have all this shit in the sky that we wouldn't have, you know, that the, we've got already gotten. Yeah. The, the average consumer can buy a drone now that can just fly around. And- yeah, but
1: here's the thing, like thinking it's just a drone, like uh, there's a pilot who's saying, like, you know, there's a guy, oh, it's just a drone. But then he's like, there's a fleet of them. You know, that there are, and, and they, they're talking about the description of these things. They're like cubes of like a sphere inside. Yeah. And then there's other instances of, of, you know, the Tic Tacs or whatever. These are professional naval air officers uh, who are are corroborating a lot of this stuff. That's not necessarily... Because we had the Belgian stuff, but this is the United States Air Force. When has the United States Air Force actually had members come on television and actually confirm... Uh, the, the legitimacy of at, at the very least some unknown unidentified flying object that they don't necessarily have a, an explanation for and the fact that you know graves is talking about it, and there's a lot he was talking about how a lot of you know they just weren't doing anything about
0: right it. and i would like to like comment on that the guy who who you know ryan, ryan graves who saw the, these things He's talking about you know a lot of these unidentified objects are seen in airspace that is exclusively the United States airspace. and a lot of these things are getting you know close to Washington DC and no one's in the government seem they seem like they don't care and they're not doing anything. And if you think back to the with Phil Kentucky UFO sightings with Danny Gordon, um, uh, there was a whole slew of sightings going on at that time as well in you know or Mexico City. yeah, but th- it was it was in people's like backyards and in 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 such an altitude that you know the uh you know, one of the residents who called the FBI or not the FBI, but the um, Pentagon said that whoever, you know, it's definitely not one of our planes because if somebody is refueling or doing something like that, that low in altitude uh their butts in a sling you know so it it, you know basically there's admitting that it wasn't and they
1: were also talking about things like well if it's russian or if it's another uh country or 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 uh, some other thing if it is man-made we're so far behind them that well yeah but what i was gonna say to wrap up the
0: that uh danny gordon withville kentucky ufo thing danny gordon after a while got in touch with the pentagon as well and he's like hey you know, if this is something uh, that is uh, is protecting us or whatever, you know, just let me know and I'll back off the story, you know, but if it's, um, you know, the some unidentified thing or it's going to harm us, you know, like you guys need to do something. And the, the Pentagon literally responded back saying, we're aware of the sightings in Whitfield, Kentucky, the reason why we're not sending, you know, basically a fleet of, you know, military out there to protect withville be, is because you are not in any danger and he goes well well how do you how do you know that and he goes i can't tell you how i know that just know that you're not in any danger there's you know no harm to withville kentucky or its residents so that tells me how does he know that right that t- exactly that tells yeah. me that the government has either uh had this technology for a long time they were doing test runs or they are doing some kind of test mm-hmm. or and uh, get really put that tinfoil hat on right now folks i mean it's gonna have to just go right over your head <laughs> at this point either we have gleam the technology or they're the united states government has some kind of relationship with this these extraterrestrials to where there's an agreement that that they're not going to do any harm to us and that they're just doing whatever the fuck they're doing and that's why I think I think this has been an agreement or something that's been going on for so long with the extraterrestrials uh, or in the UFOs that that's why the government's not doing anything now. It's getting brought up now by these people who aren't in the the inner sanctum of you know what's really going on with the UFOs. And it's kind of on a need to know basis, and they're not telling yeah. these you know Air Force you know officials and these Air Force um, kind of people is because they 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 don't have a high enough level of clearance to know what why or what mm-hmm. J- they just you know just know that it's fine you know or or we're not gonna do anything and don't worry about it because you know I mean. Someone phones in, like, a bomb threat to Washington and and the SWAT team's on it and the FBI's on it, you know? But you mean to tell me that... Uh, you have a, a, a military official saying, hey, I have these things that I'm seeing in the airspace over Washington, D.C.
1: And they're, they were saying they were seeing it constantly. Every time that they were going up in the air, they were seeing these things.
0: Right. And it's like, you mean to tell me they're going to do nothing about that? No, they would absolutely do something if they if they felt like, uh, if they even sensed that it was a threat or if they even had... If maybe they didn't know it was a threat and they are curious to find out more information, they would absolutely get to the bottom of it. But the fact that they do, they're doing nothing despite, you know, high level. That's an interesting point. High level That's military sure. people telling them about it that shows that they know something. They know they already know what it is and they already know it's not a threat. But they're not going to tell you that or or me that. Um, but they will release the footage and declassify it uh for the sake of of um making communication for other pilots around the mm-hmm. country more more easier and not and he, yeah because they even ryan Graves was even talking about how everybody was seeing this when they would go out mm-hmm. on their on their flight patterns or whatever and they'd come back and they'd they'd be like oh yeah you know, i saw so it was like this very common thing that everyone was seeing but nobody wanted to like come forward about it and talk about because there was that stigma and obviously That's that could be a security hazard for the United States if you see something and you're afraid to talk about it, you know.
1: So, well, also, uh, with uh, the, the folks that were seeing all these things, um, they were so you had 50 to 60 uh people that Graves said that he knows that would that could corroborate what he was talking about, but they were also justifiably scared by what they had saw what they were seeing because there were instances where they were flying in between planes and you know that could easily cause some serious problems for you know fighters. Well that's what made them finally write a report. One of them um finally
0: wrote a safety report and submitted it because it was all well and good when they were seeing it from afar. But yeah, one of the times the, the the cube the cube saucer, the cube structure, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say sa- cube saucer because that's kind of contradictory, but the cube object uh, at one point flew in between two planes within like 150 feet. He
1: was saying it almost caused an uh, in-air collision. And at that point it was like, okay. And like if these were drones, they would know about it already. Trust me. Like they know how, t- what a drone looks like. You know, they know what to expect with drones, at least what what kind of drones that we are aware of. So, is there a possibility that they might be uh, some super techno-advanced drones that we don't know about, that some other country possesses? Sure. But I don't think that... I I think that's less likely that it's just something that we don't really have an answer for. At, or at least we don't, uh, the general public, or, or a lot of the folks that... Uh, are a part of the navy, and if it was, if it was a um, drone, were, and and the videos they were talking about, they shot other video that they were sharing with one another. That seems like it was higher quality, but we're not gonna, we're not privy, or we're not going to see that video. Um, I I think maybe with video like this, radar screens, you can. It's enough where the skeptics can come up with theories to explain what it is and what it's not, and so on and so forth. It's fuzzy enough, and and there's enough ambiguity there that you could be like, oh, you know, it's, it's not necessarily proof of anything. But if they release the HD...
2: Yeah,
1: son! They've released the HD video? That actually might cause a legitimate panic. Sorry, I had to blow the
0: skeptic whistle there. That's what that sound was for you guys who aren't who aren't uh, lifers of the podcast. Anytime
2: the, the true third member of the podcast. Yeah,
0: any anytime uh, anyone comes in and tries to deny the existence of UFOs, I have to blow that that whistle at them. <laughs> it, 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 unless it's uh, the Stan Romanek movie, The Most Extraordinary uh, UFOs. <laughs> yes. God, that I forgot uh, that we talked about that movie until like in the uh-huh. middle of talking about all this stuff right now i want to like i i want to do like a watch party of that in our in our group there's a sequel there's a sequel really
1: yeah but it's i don't think it deals with stan Romanek specifically but it it, it's produced by the same people who did that and it's got it's called the seeding oh my god dude that was the
0: go all right for all you listen out there go to episode 178 right now of our podcast and listen as we cover the most bullshit UFO alien uh, video or quote unquote documentary that I've ever. And this dude is like dead ass serious. Stan Romanek is dead ass serious. Like with, I mean, he is just. Oh man, it's just such delicious bullshittery. Like like stuff that would have maybe like convinced someone in like nineteen seventy. If you had showed him all this stuff And he's like pa- trying to pass it off Just I don't know I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't even want to get into that But just basically there was a foam alien head In his window at one point And he was trying to pass that off as though Oh my god Oh my god it's an alien Oh my god So like literally that's the noise He sounded like a little bitch getting his nipples Tussled with yeah. on video Like
1: some, Yeah
3: somebody's oh, uh, doing some
1: nipple play
3: Oh, oh yeah Oh my god
1: it's fucking awful. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, man. Good time. Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> you see, uh, uh this uh, the unidentified uh, show is definitely more credible than than extraordinary. I mean, extraordinary that, I, bullshit. I mean, I could
0: take my fucking. I, I could. I could <laughs> give my give my camera phone to like a crazy schizophrenic homeless guy, and that would be more credible than anything Stan Romanic Ram- came up
1: with. <laughs> So, yeah, what do you think about that, Josh? That if the reason why we don't have HD video of uh, these unidentified objects is because that would be the moment when people would be like, what the fuck? And like really start to freak out. I mean,
0: when it comes to like radar, I mean, uh, 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 it, it's not like it's going to be this full
1: color. Like sixty frames per second, like you know. Well, I think they might have shot. They might have had some other camera footage as well, uh, from different cameras. So, in fact, I think
0: one of the radars it was in. Uh, it was in like thermo vision or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, because that's one thing they were commenting on too. When they were trying to, it's cold. Yeah, when they were trying to analyze the video, they were they were like, "Man, this thing is is going like this is is like two thirds the speed of sound. Like it was almost." It was almost going the speed of sound, and the thermo vision they had on it—it was completely the the heat signature it was getting giving off was nothing. It was cold essentially. This thing was giving off no heat signature, which for
1: which if it was a meteor, if it was a piece of space debris, even if it was was a drone, even if it it was a drone, it would be giving off a heat. Yeah, it would
0: be giving a drone would have a motor of some kind, you know, or yeah, so engine, what have you, and this was giving off no heat signature. I mean, even if it was a damn bird, you know, it would be giving off some
1: kind of heat sink. It was a sand crane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. The sand, sand
0: crane going two-thirds the speed of sound. <laughs> damn, this is a badass
1: mutant sand crane. That's just the stork. The storks are real. They go two-thirds the speed of sound to deliver babies.
2: my figure it out, folks. That is the truth here. They are supersonic storks.
0: Supersonic sand crane. It sounds like some Saturday morning commercial. Supersonic that sounds sand like a band. Plane. That sounds like an indie band. I get no. I came up with the best indie band name the other day. Uh, Tolerance Rockets. <laughs> What's up guys? We're Tolerance Rockets. And our opener is Diversity Grenades.
2: <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> cue, cue the angry emails. Zach, are you getting two. are you uh, getting
0: flashbacks from uh, from uh, all the Star Wars toxic fan bases?
2: You know your, Oh god, that, that, that's a topic for another day. Um, that's
0: your favorite thing to talk uh, about, Zach. The, the Star Wars fan community. There's no there's no toxicity at all
1: in the in the Star Wars fan community. By the way, I don't know if anyone knew that or not. Well, it's like people who are saying things like there's no there was no actual toxicity in the Batman. Community, or, 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 you know, uh, the specifically the Christopher Nolan community when like the Dark Knight Rises came out, but there were critics who were getting death threats before they even posted reviews on Rotten Tomatoes from these individuals. And here's the thing there's crazies in every fan base, uh, there's total, uh, just nut jobs and psychos, they don't represent everybody. But to say that, oh, it doesn't exist, that's a bunch of bullshit. In every fan base, there is there is someone like that. Well, I, I and and more people like that. After I
0: that. bring it up because it, uh, Zach on his podcast, he's he's literally dedicated episodes, and it, it was like one of the episodes that kind of like baited me in to listen to his podcast because <laughs> I'm a little girl and I love drama. Um, it, it, his pod, the whole podcast was uh, the the toxicity of the Star Wars fan community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh
3: wow,
2: that was almost two years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, it was man. it was yeah. a, it was
1: an older one for
0: sure. Ooh, but.
2: That's a that's a dude episode
1: (laughs) (laughs) now a lot of them are, are just uh staying true uh to a lot of the things that uh people were pointing out at the time you know about the force awakens and about you know the what a lot of people now deem as some uber feminist uh perspective of you know the star wars mythos now now a lot of the same people are like yeah that's that's totally right you know uh Fuck Kathleen Kennedy. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Um, But uh, I predicted Solo was going to tank. It was not going to do that well. And I was right. And there were people who were all like, oh, no, it's Star Wars. It'll do well because it's Star Wars. And I'm like, no one cares about a young Han Solo movie.
0: I I, I figured they, (laughs) I don't know, I figured they... I, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy, but it, but for some reasons that keeps asking me about his podcast. But uh, I I thought that Han Solo was like a huge fan favorite. So I don't know. I figured
1: it might have done well. He is. But it's Harrison Ford.
2: There's <laughs> well, there, there's a bunch of reasons why the Solo movie bombed. Um, first and foremost is the fact that, like Mike said, uh, Han Solo is dad and grandpa's character. The, mm. the modern equivalent of Han Solo is Chris Pratt Star-Lord. That's what the kids under 20, that's who they look at as the modern-day okay. Han Solo. The other reason why Solo bombed was because it got placed between Avengers Infinity War yeah. and everything else. Like, D- Disney let yeah. that film die. D- Disney doesn't know how to mar- – that's a problem. Disney prioritizes its marketing – um i've always i've been aware of that since the avengers came out that they have an a team a b team and a c team and the c team was told handle solo uh-huh. um yeah no there's a bunch it of didn't
1: help. it didn't help that solo also had uh some really uh bad uh not necessarily word of mouth but there was a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes that ter- probably sure. turned off a lot of fans i mean when you have phil lord and chris miller who are really talented and we're really into it, and Disney was like, we don't like the direction this is going. Get out of here. And then they're like, fine. <laughs> yeah,
3: and so then they had help. to
1: get Ron Howard. That doesn't help either. Disney's doing that a lot. They did, they've they done that with uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, uh, uh, the original director of Doctor Strange. Uh, who's a very talented guy. And I forgot... I, I, Scott I, I Derrickson. Forgotten. Scott Derrickson. This is when I can mentally and, check out. Yeah, Scott Derrickson... <laughs> He he was uh there's a lot of creative differences and he decided to just quit and they're replacing with Sam Raimi and I saw that coming. I was like, how much you wanna bet they're gonna get some old veteran guy like Ron Howard who hasn't directed something in years, but it's a name, who is a name that has done some horror stuff? Sam Raimi. And there you go.
2: At this point, so, that's the only Marvel film I could even slightly care about at this point. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm kind of, but I'm still not even that interested, especially with Scott Derrickson leaving, uh, because, uh, in a lot of ways, this sequel was, uh, I think his baby. And it seems like they were just, and they signed off on it and they were all about the horror, Dr. Strange. And then when he gets going and they're like, this is too horror. This is too scary. We can't do this. And then he's like, fine, that's not what I signed on for. That's why I actually felt for Josh Trank. Josh Trank's kind of a... He's kind of a, you know, I think he was just immature and I think he had some legitimate issues of his own that he had not dealt with at that time. Um,
2: well, Fox was also a mess at that time too. Yes, that was that was what his sure. name, uh, Tom Rothman. That whole saga. yeah so Fuck that guy. Yeah, like <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of things. Like Josh Trank. Like again, I don't blame him entirely. He was
1: signed to do that particular vision, that darker, yeah. more realistic. I actually like it. It's it has body horror elements. Yeah, it's something unique. Uh, and, uh, he would, he never really had the chance to finish the film that he was signed to make because the, the studio got involved and I think he, I think he just kind of lost it at that point. Well, I think he also, maybe there was some rebellious sort of thing, you know, he's a young filmmaker and he's just like, they're taking his film away from him. So he's just like, fuck you. Well, that
2: was, you know, like, yeah. Like I know, like you probably saw it, Mike, in the last couple of days, he did some, I don't want to say an interview, but he was commenting about something. Yeah. He was talking about like the Boba Fett film he was going to do. Yeah, and I think it's the first time that's been kind of like semi confirmed. like we always mm-hmm. knew it was a Boba Fett film. We just now we know for certain that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, said, I remember following that a lot in 2015. The the Josh Trank fan four stick issue, and I, again, I again Josh Trank is still for the most part in director's jail. Yeah,
1: but he did get a recent. He's directing a film, uh, an Al Capone.
2: Biography. Yeah, the Tom, the Tom the Tom Hardy one, yeah. right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like I said, I, I felt. I guess about those, like Disney, and that's what, like, when it comes to me in the Star Wars podcast, and like I and Josh knows, like, and this is no surprise if you listen to that podcast. Is I am kind of burnt out on Star Wars, is because yeah they they just again, and, and Josh can attest. Mike, you don't know me that well, but like I've been, I eat, sleep, and drink Star Wars for the last twenty years. Uh-huh. And I'm at my wits end with it. Like, we, it's just- can,
1: we can get burned out on Unsolved Mysteries, too. That's why we, you know, why ultimately the rebranding was a blessing in disguise, because I think Josh and I would have been like, by this point, I don't even think we would have had any case, right? We would have ran out of cases. I mean, pretty
0: much, you know, we got, we got, um... And we we have to like start looking for like the missing segments now that that haven't yeah. been able to be seen anywhere. Oh well, that's a good hidden gem that we haven't covered yet. You know about the guy who, you know, uh, I don't know whatever some obscure case in in wherever the hell USA the Gulf Breeze
1: UFO case that was you a know, gem. Like that, that one
0: should have been that mm. should have been one of the first cases we talked about. Damn it, I, I, that one was great. <laughs> that 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 had it all there, but. Uh, no, I'm just sitting back like a proud papa watching uh, Zach and Mike interact about movies because I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> just getting a little taste of what it could have been like if Mike had ever uh, gone on Zach's podcast. And it's like, oh, okay.
2: okay we, came, we came close, folks. Mike almost came on and he got a job. And it was like, well, there goes that. It's like, That's- yeah. One day, Mike, we'll have you on for a uh, month One One day, we'll have you on for uh, all the weird, uh, uh, all that stuff. I, I, okay. know, I want... I want to ask. I know Mike has his movie channel. And it's not fair to ask him this on unsolved mysteries. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> unexplained mysteries podcast about UFOs. Um, but Mike, what would you think of Doctor Sleep?
1: I haven't seen that yet. I, I really? want. I want to see it. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I've got so many things on my watch list. I mean, I, I there's a lot of stuff I just haven't had the time to watch yet. I mean, trying to balance work and school. Like sure. now, I don't. I don't have as much work. Uh, uh i only go i pretty much am just working one day tomorrow so yeah but uh and with but now that i've i'm graduating I, like i will have way more time to just catch up on things um but uh I, I i like the trailers for the film uh i specifically like the way that they're shoehorning in references to the 1980 film in a way that isn't lazy it doesn't seem like it's a lazy it's it's it's, uh, it's horrible. horrible
2: mike it's, it's okay. horrible to each is own, to i don't each each is own. we'll see to each his own <laughs> I'm, i get i i'm the first person to say that if somebody likes something i will never put that down if somebody <laughs> can like anything i'm like good like go for it but you know internet criticism criticism of oh, quotation yeah. marks. Like, oh, yeah. you, you can say, I like something, and I cannot argue with that.
3: I can disagree with you,
2: but you, I cannot well, argue. Well,
1: it's like when, you know, The Dark Knight Rises, I still think that movie sucks ass. I hate that film so much. I, I don't understand why it gets a pass. Robin no John had, Blake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, that, that, that's one of the many problems, or or how, Batman, how Bruce Wayne can get his separated disc and his back fixed just by Getting punched <laughs> in the back <laughs> oh, and then falling, it. and then after that, his back doesn't get his di- the disc doesn't get separated again when he falls d- out of a well with a rope tied around his. <laughs> I don't back. even know what Anus this is nice about,
0: one. but it's just funny listening to Mike go go off
1: about it for yeah. some
0: reason. Oh,
1: no, I'm yeah, because it. it's it, yeah, and then the whole thing where. How the fuck did Bruce Wayne get out of Gotham, with no? get to Gotham with no money, no, no entrance to Gotham because the bridge was blown up? How the fuck did he even get there? And people were all like, well, you know, they don't necessarily have to show how we got there. This is a franchise that has prided itself and its fans have prided uh, the franchise and how realistic it is. Don't give me that. That's the pun- I mean, you can't just be like- you can't have selective realism with a franchise that you're praising for being a realistic portrayal of Batman.
2: The thing about The Dark Knight Rises, though, is that, like, Christopher Nolan's, like, vision for a third Batman movie- got thrown out the window with Heath Ledger. Yeah. So like, yeah. he didn't want to do it. Like, he yeah, did,
1: exactly. You can tell he did this as a contractual obligation.
2: Yeah. And they gave him the money Warner to, brothers. They gave him money to make inception and they gave him money to make interstellar. And he's like, okay, like I, I, it's only fair. Like they, <laughs> they gave me money. it was transactional. Like you said, it, it was yeah. going through the motions. And that's why, like when people complain about certain movies like that, like someone like say like, Oh, like I don't like that movie. And I'm like, neither does a director. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like uh, what happened with the rise of skywalker and jj abrams like the movie was literally out for a day and jj a- so I, like,
1: I haven't seen that film yet i've i've been i've been dreading it i've been putting it off i've been like ah, I, I hated if, the last jedi so much i'm like i don't know
2: i again it, it's to each his own <laughs> i i'm not going to tell anybody what to think about star wars they um, fly? They fly now? They fly they now. They fly now. <laughs> um, but no, but like that's the thing, is that like like this is where I'm weird. And Mike, you tell me, like, if, if you think this makes sense. Is that like objectively speaking, I think The Rise of Skywalker is a mess of a film. Subjectively, mm-hmm. though, I love it. Because like it's just it doesn't care. Like I am like, again, mm-hmm. as somebody who hosts a podcast called Cinemodities, Cinematic Oddies, I yeah. love that Disney gave Somebody who knows who's technically in charge at the end of the day gave a bunch of people a $250 million budget, and every single one of them said, fuck it all. And just said, like, we're going to do whatever we want. It doesn't matter that like the editing, like the pacing is all over the place. Nothing really makes sense at the end of the day. That's
1: an interesting perspective. Sure. I love that.
2: I love that a, a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation can literally hand over a nine figure check to a subset of the company. And just say, do what you want, do whatever you want as long as you follow our notes. And you literally just get stuff that doesn't make sense. Things that are just goofy that just aren't there. Like I love Palpatine in the film. He's spectacular. He's the most um it's it's almost robot chicken level of, of Emperor. That's Palpatine. what I was gonna
1: mention. Like, is he actually yes, that yes, yes, close he is. to that level? Oh, it's
2: delightful. It is absolutely <laughs> delightful how over the top he is in the movie. Doesn't Palpatine um, it,
0: save every Star Wars movie though? It, yes. Isn't he like the glue yes, that does. holds every Star
2: Wars movie? Yes he movie? does. <laughs> like, he's, well he's, he's not really in the first one. No, no, but I think what my, I think what Josh is saying, Mike, is like when he is like a main character, like in three, yeah. six, and nine. Like, well, is yeah, it three, one of element? the main
1: reasons why three is is one of the is, in my opinion, the best of the prequel trilogy is is because of Palpatine.
2: Yeah, and that's and that's the thing with the Rise of Skywalker. It's like I remember when people were getting mad, like this time last year, about like, oh, they're like, they've run out of ideas. They're bringing him back, and I'm like, no, it may like sure, yes, they've run out of ideas a long time ago. But I, the fact that they're bringing him back, that makes sense. Like, Oh, if you're going to make this a nine f- part saga, like it makes sense to bring it all back to him. The problem is that they literally ignored the villain, the villain that they were building up for episode seven and eight, the first order, and just plugged him in and nowhere. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like again, they don't care. And I find that, yeah. ama- I like, can imagine that like, Mike, if I gave you $5,000 to work on my movie, you would be like, OK, like I'm going to do this right. Like, I want to sit there like I don't want to mess up. <laughs> Imagine a Walt Disney company handing J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm two hundred and fifty million dollars. And the thing being like, eh, we'll figure it out. Like that's that's the attitude. And like literally a day after the movie comes out, J.J. Abrams is like like someone asked him like, oh, like people don't like your movie. What do you think? He's like, they can. Sure. He's like, they can dislike it. I'm like, that's so... Yeah. W- Imagine pouring two years of your life into something, millions of dollars, and people ask you, what What do you think of the criticism? You're like, they're right. It's not a good movie. And it's like, Well, okay. he doesn't
1: necessarily say that. He just says, Ooh. like, you know, they can dislike it.
2: He, um, you listen. If you listen to that interview and you combine that with a lot of the other stuff he was talking about that time, and like the the Reddit rumors, he was not happy. And they okay. changed a lot. I'm again. That's just that's my own conjecture, my own speculation. Much like how uh, Josh and Mike talk about like the the UFO video stuff, um, <laughs> I, I have my own just like like thought process on these things. Yeah, um, I get it. I get you. Yeah, like, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but like in the most boring way possible. I look at like a multi million dollar. Well, I mean, multim-
1: I see, I see what you mean, like, for instance, Mark Hamill was clearly not happy at all with the direction they were taking with Luke's character. You just watch the interviews and fan appearances and, you know, you can see that he's he's, he's, he's cracking in, inside and is just absolutely uh just incensed about it. But, well, uh... I-
2: I think, Mike, tell me if you disagree, Mark Hamill should have been nominated for an Oscar for The Last Jedi, not for, uh, wait, 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 wait yeah. pause, pause, wait, I'm not finished yet, <laughs> not because of the, not because of, like, the how the role was written, but for an actor that was so uncommitted to that interpretation of the character that they did that much with it. Like, like, like you said, Mark Hamill did not like that, but he sells that role. Uh, he, he does his job. Like, think about it. Like, imagine being an actor and not being happy at all with the way the character is being written. And I love The Last Jedi. I It's, like, to this day, I think, it's some of it I,
1: think, I think it just depends on the actor. Yeah, and, he's a professional. You know, their, he's a true their, professional. Their, 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 their ability and their professionalism. So uh, I, I'm not surprised at all that Mark still gutted it out and and yeah. did the best possible performance I, that he could
2: I, how many I, actors can do that like to have a role i think there's a lot it.
1: of actors that can do that but i think there's a lot of actors that uh because of other commitments or other things that are going on in their lives uh they don't do that like for instance stallone is actually a really capable actor and yeah. uh, doesn't get enough credit for how talented of an actor he really is And uh, in the film Grudge Match, he's sleepwalking through the entire movie. It is a really... I honestly think it's one of his worst performances. But then I look back and I realize that around this time, he was probably still dealing with the loss of his son who committed suicide. So maybe his mind wasn't really in the right place for some dumb boxing comedy. Maybe he was just... uh, I'm just going to get through this and then I can grieve some more and then maybe I can find another project that, you know it's kind of like with Liam Neeson Like Liam Neeson, you can really tell at a certain point in Liam Neeson's career where he went from legitimately caring about uh, his performances for the most part and anything that he did to just taking a paycheck and not giving a shit because uh, he was just trying to distance himself from his wife's death. Like he was just like I need to keep working. Like whatever it is, I don't care. Taking two, taking three. Battleship. Fuck it. Oh yeah. Give me. Give me. Forgot about that. Give me
2: the money. (laughs) You suck my battleship. And I'll do it. Have you? Okay, I want. Okay, Josh, you're gonna love this. There's a part in Battleship. I've only seen that movie once, where Rihanna is about to shoot like an alien, and she's like Mahalo, mother, and and the the thing just cuts off at that one point. Uh And I'm like, I just stood up and started applauding. I'm like Bravo movie. This is all I want from a movie called Battleship. Give me Rihanna's using some colloquialism Bravo, with a curse word. God. That's that's all you could ever want. It's it's brilliant. It's like that's the thing. I think I'm not sure if Mike appreciates that about me, but like I love things that are just a mess. It's
1: kind. I don't. I don't mind when things are so bad they're good. But here's the, Here's my thing with it. I like it when films are a mess, but it's um, unintentional. But there's still some sort Like, for example, like, uh, Troll 2. Like, that's oh. an absolute mess of a movie. But when you have something that... Yes, okay, you could say it's intentional that they were just messing around with the Star Wars franchise. But to me, I think that poses a bigger problem uh, than, you know, just not doing that. Like, you, you can had, And maybe you can do some of that. Because I think there, there's something to be said about playing around in a sandbox... But I also think that there should be limits. Like, for example, I mean, Heaven's Gate is a prime example oh, wow. of, you know, needing limits for, for well, the directors yeah. and, 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 and how they're able to play in a sandbox. And I think The Last Jedi, in a lot of ways, is similar to Heaven's Gate. I think there should have been uh, way more of a limit to uh, the, the, what Ryan Johnson was able to do. With well, that franchise, well, especially in the second installment. You can't tell me the second installment. I understand you think it's like it's a beautiful disaster. Oh, no, no, but no. Like- I, no.
2: I not I think, <laughs> no, The Rise of Skywalker is a, an objective yeah. mess, but I subjectively love it. No, The Last Jedi, I think, is for what I think it's for Star Wars Episode 8, it's the closest thing you're ever going to get to a masterpiece. For for the eighth film in a, in a story, um, no, I've got I I will, def- man, I will die. And that's fine. That's yeah, fine. Oh, okay, yeah, I've
3: got.
1: I, I mean, I, I definitely 100% disagree with you. I think that film is utter space garbage, but you know, it, it's, I don't necessarily, uh, think it's a bad thing that you're, you're defending it. There's a lot, you're not alone, and, uh, you should never feel bad for that because that's what <laughs> keeps this world interesting. But, uh, just like you shouldn't feel bad for, for uh, thinking like that, that, you know, like the that. UFOs, the UFO videos we're talking about are, are, are not really proof of anything, because that's, you know, that's your opinion, and you're entitled to it every every bit uh, as me, Josh, or anyone else. So, mm. it, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, people agree to disagree and you know the, the
2: moral of the story kids is that josh is right movies are horrible that is the <laughs> moral so all movies are horrible do everything in your power not to watch them um, just just stay hey. at home that's, that's all hey can i do. know i know josh
1: doesn't feel that way hey josh talk about some movies that aren't horrible josh
2: hung himself with some vhs tapes he had laying around <laughs> the house does he even have any VHS tapes? He found some just in case. Breaking, He said, breaking case of an emergency where people start talking about it. It's bad enough when it's just you, Mike. Now there's two of us. Now he's <laughs> overpowered.
0: All right, and it's time for a little advertisement break. Okay, so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But there's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Ain't that the truth? I've been watching all these docuseries like there's no tomorrow. So this whole week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is for whatever reason only available in Netflix of Australia. It's so simple to do. I just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change my location to Australia, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. Love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, whether it be Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now at expressvpn.com/uum, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com/uum. Back to the show. All right, cool. So uh, my power just went off for no random, uh, for no apparent reason. Uh, the government has found out what we've been talking about. They they have they do have probes in my house and in my head. And they have bugged me, and they're listening to my thoughts. They are thought stopping and um, brainwashing thought me as we stopping.
1: speak.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. A, I'm uh, very
2: excited to be on the last episode of the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries podcast. <laughs> yes. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm here to see the ship sink into the ocean.
0: Exactly. I have some men in in nice white coats who are te- going to take me away. Ha ha. He he. Hoo hoo. Um. Anyway. Uh, uh, you, uh you guys got a little bit of taste of the uh the the zach knights of vader podcast there with uh, zach and mike interacting so uh you got a nice little uh mini knights of vader podcast within a uncovering unexplained mysteries basically podcast.
1: point counterpoint yeah mm-hmm. uh the, the <laughs> do you have anything to say about the series any any more but to say about the the episode or or the series or unidentified or- um, or Tom DeLonge and his involvement with things. Or? Oh right, yeah, that was something I was gonna I was gonna point out because that uh uh Louise like he actually I think is has been collaborating with Tom. Okay, yeah. If you look on the
0: uh, th- there's like uh when when he's showing people the uh, radar footage from that's been declassified on that show, there's like a watermark to like the right of the radar footage, and it says to the stars. Um, and that's Tom DeLonge's thing to the stars Academy. So, uh, I, Tom definitely has a hand in this, which is, you know, which is great. I mean, that's what he's been, that's what he's been doing with his life since he left Blink-182 is he's been, uh, pretty much just dedicating his whole time to just, he's, he's putting out a bunch of different projects and, and, you know, some of them are kind of iffy on the quality, um, But but I'd say his whole kind of life purpose at this point is basically being a real life Mulder and Scully um, and and really, you know, pursuing the whole UFO thing. And honestly, with with his uh, celebrity and his stardom, he's gotten a lot closer uh, than a lot of people have to to the whole, you know, like as far as getting to talk to retired generals and retired people in the field or people who are still in the field and. You know, then he goes on the Joe Rogan podcast and Joe Rogan makes him look like he's a big fucking buffoon, which, you know, fuck Joe Rogan for that. But whatever. Um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, wow. Yeah. You I, know, Joe Rogan's pretty popular. So uh, not since the Jack Dorsey Twitter uh, interview, he hasn't been that popular. I, I did. I didn't know about that. Yeah. He had Jack Dorsey on there and uh, he basically threw a bunch of softball questions and a lot of Who's his, Jack Dorsey, again? Uh, the founder of Twitter, oh. Twitter guy. Yeah, he. Oh,
1: so we just threw out a bunch of softball. Well, yeah, questions. because
0: because Joe Rogan was kind of seen as this like kind of like semi alt right guy that a lot yeah. of, a lot of the alt right guys looked up to. Oh, so
1: the alt right guys are really pissed off now that he was throwing softball. Questions. Yeah,
0: because Twitter has been banning a lot of the alt right figureheads like you know Alex Jones and Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever the fuck his name well, is. Well,
1: I mean. Well, yeah, uh, I, I don't want to get into a massive debate about those two, but if you look at the content of their tweets, right, it's they were incendiary. actually abusing the the Twitter policies, and it wasn't necessarily strictly due to their political beliefs. You know, when you can't hide behind your politics when you're uh, using slurs and insults and things like that. I, I. I I'm sorry. Just you can't just say politics and and then get a free pass from Twitter. Like right. this is not.
2: Well, the <laughs> Alex Jones, Shown, Alex the national treasure. End of comment.
0: <laughs> the alt right went on. They, they went on the whole like what about isms uh thing like when when all those banning started happening because then they're like well what about the left figurehead such and such who said this and that and you didn't ban him or her and so yeah basically maybe it's because it wasn't as
1: repeated of behavior maybe that's the the, the well uh,
0: i you know i think i think twitter definitely has like a more but uh, it could also be
1: left leaning I, th- sure. I think twitter yeah, has definitely.
0: a left slant to it but yeah it, regardless um a, a lot of Rogan's fans turned against him whenever he and then come to find out um Cash App was a sponsor on Joe Rogan's podcast and who owns cash app jack dorsey so it was like this kind oh, of. oh okay
1: yeah like was, even that could even be something that even people who aren't alt-right would be like whoa like, i don't know yeah he lost a, he lost a lot of say credibility it ain't so joe yeah say
0: it ain't so. he lost a lot of credibility when that happened but you know i, I don't know i think he's still got his ra- I, don't, I don't think his his fan base might have died down a little bit but no. he's, he still gets he's
1: still he's still gonna it's like for example like fucking like a King star and youtube is still Making videos and is still making bank, even though he had that whole controversy with him and his credibility. And, you know, he's still there talking about YouTube drama. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh,
0: I love
2: it, Fo- folks. One of the first things when I came to this podcast, I loved how Mike and Josh would just segue into politics and just be like, "We're gonna step on as many toes as possible and not care." It's like basically having like a f- your house is on fire and you just takes like a thing of gasoline and just start chucking it like at the house next door. It's like we're gonna burn it all down. Oh, love I'm, it. I'm I love wearing, it so much.
0: I'm wearing roller skates in a room full of people's toes with this podcast. <laughs> yeah. As far as I'm most, concerned, I love, it. Most,
1: I love it. Most of our fan base doesn't give it. I don't really. You know they—they're not here for our politics or political beliefs, so even if we uh, randomly talk about it, I—I I don't think it—you know—really bothers them either way. Because I think most of our die-hard fans, they understand it's just one opinion, and that's all it is. Well, I mean you know? to. I don't
0: think neither Mike nor myself have like an agenda, a political agenda. No. We we're just we just like question things. I'm not
1: even a part of a political party. No, like I'm not. I, I'm not either. Honestly, <laughs> like
0: I started out like when I was younger, I started out like uber like liberal because like it was edgy and like i was basically rebelling against my private christian school upbringing and i wanted to do everything the exact opposite of what i was taught. so they were
1: republican so you're like i had to be liberal yeah exactly
0: yeah. so i like, uh, you know typical typical thing that you do when you, you you rebel against whatever you're brought up again you know brought up with well
1: some people Rew don't your I guess. hair out yeah you no, know I'd dress I'd like d- a did all punk that. goth
2: you know she go is. to a Hot Topic, put chains on your plate. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> now you're making me Get sound a like a
0: fucking loser. Get a
2: Nightmare Before Christmas t-shirt. Like, like, God. Yeah, go all out. Be arm, really edgy. The,
0: the black and white striped arm warmers in the fucking maryland
2: flashbacks to middle school oh god make it stop make it stop
0: (laughs) (laughs) but now like i I was like super like liberal and everything and then i kind of was like well honestly and again this is going into waters where i got my roller skates on um it was it was a lot easier To be liberal back before like identity politics and all that other kind of shit started getting into the mix. Like when I was like in the mid two thousands, it was pretty easy to say like, yeah, I believe in a woman's right to choose. I believe gay marriage should be legalized. I believe m- marijuana mm-hmm. should be legalized. Like it was it was easy to be. Li- but now I look at like like a lot of like the people who are considered liberal and extreme in the, the, extreme, sh- in the shit know, that the, they the say extremists. The shit that they say, I'm just like, no, I don't agree with any of that. Like, that's like you've got you've lost the plot so much that it's just like I feel like I'm conservative now control.
1: It's about control.
0: I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. Honestly, I don't, it's like it, 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 they want some kind of utopian society where you can literally be whatever uh, crazy thing you want to be, and no one's feelings should ever get but hurt. There,
1: but there has to be. It has to, you know, everything the change has to happen though without anyone admitting any faults, anyone really making any mistakes. It just has to just happen out of nowhere, like because if if somebody admits their faults. Like, for example, if you know uh, Liam Neeson says he had murderous thoughts about killing a black man years ago, but he's learned from it and has realized that revenge is not the answer, uh, let's attack him and try to ban him and cancel him, because he uh, actually said something that is racist, even though he's admitting that... Yes, I what did have racist and and really problematic thoughts, but they're wrong, and I don't have them anymore, and and I'm not that person. Nope, you said it, so you know that's that's who you are, and that's how we will view you. And there's no redemption, and it's just it's all it's just backwards. It's like a thought police kind of mentality, you know. It's
0: like like you, you you can't you can't even have that thought like you can't even have a fucked up thought. Everybody has fucked up thoughts. First of all, I hate yeah. to I hate to inform the what do they call the blue check mark liberals on Twitter, <laughs> but uh, everybody has fucked up thoughts. Everybody has some kind of fucked up belief deep down that they're not going to admit cuz they know that they would lose their social currency. And that's the new form of control is taking away someone's social currency. Well,
1: yeah, like like the people admitting that uh, this is controversial, but um and probably, you know, might trigger a lot of people, but um when it comes to the current pandemic, the whole uh debate between opening the economy back up, you know, open you know, letting people come back to the workplace and the workforce. You know, there's a lot of people who are all like, No, we can't do that at all because, you know, such and such will could die and da da and I get it. But Are we willing, really willing, to sacrifice our economy? Like, are we really willing to cause the the death of our economy over over this? Wow, Mike! So you want people to die?
2: That's why I heard Josh.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: Mike wants people to die. Is all I heard.
2: All right, cancel them folks Stick yeah
3: take
0: I feel like the only w- fair way for Mike to learn his lesson is to take away everything he's ever worked for yes. online <laughs> yes that, everything that is the only Boy, equi- yeah, that's the only equitable way that w- all of our wounds will heal just now because he clearly said he wants people to die, and so therefore we need to take away everything he's ever worked for <laughs> yeah. so, outside of his so house that, that that's the
1: extremist approach, but Really, I think it's a it's a a justifiable question to ask, especially in the times that we are in right now. I would like to find the middle ground between the two. You know, how can we uh, get people back into the workplace, put money back into our economy, but at the same time also. prevent uh, as much deaths as we possibly well
0: i mean can. I, that's where the whole you know phase one of reopening comes in i mean i live in a state yes. i live in a state that's very you know gung-ho about reopening shit in florida florida's already doing a bunch of stuff like the people are at the beaches yeah. already right yeah but see the thing about it is in 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 florida the the cases uh if you take miami out of the equation the cases of corona in florida were not
1: that bad at all yeah uh, well i think a lot of it's more spread out communities
0: what happened was a lot of new yorkers came down to miami to you know vacation or whatever and this was ah, this was oh, before oh. people knew about you know mm-hmm. they they didn't know they were carrying it or whatever and so there was a big hot spot in miami of of the uh, covid 19 or whatever but um in in jacksonville and duval county and uh, all that uh we it's not you know where there's millions of people who live here. Like it's, it, I think there might be, you know, maybe a hundred or two hundred people. In, yeah, that's you know. close.
1: That's close to what's happened in Clark County over here. You know, uh, two hundred, hundred to two hundred cases.
0: Yeah, let's not um, let's not ask Zach about this because uh, he lives in New York, so uh, he's. Oh no, <laughs> he, he doesn't really. Know. Don't ask
2: the guy who lives 90 minutes north of New York City. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't fit the yeah. narr- he doesn't
0: fit the narrative that we're trying no, to. God, spin no. here. I hate
2: it so much, folks. Like I, I know, I know Josh and everybody in the Facebook group likes to make fun of Florida. And as a Floridian and a New Yorker, I would take the Florida over the New York any day of the mm-hmm. week. Like it is literally up insane up here. Like Isn't I was. Hell? A different- oh yeah it's hell this state is this state was insane before all this yeah and this state is not gonna let go of this people like are actually enjoying this that like i i have an essential job my mother has an essential job so like we always like share stories about like what's happening and like people just seem to love everything being shut the chaos they love it like it's insane like i again where i work i sit there like like People get mad when you not have the mask I'm Like I was at a grocery store and there was mm-hmm. an elderly woman that didn't have a mask and like security and the cops were like screaming at her. Oh like, my making god. Her, and they were like making her wrap her coat around her face. <laughs> oh and the my whole, god. and the whole time I'm like, why not just give her a mask? Like the yeah. store the store has probably like hundreds of them. Just give yeah. her one and be like, ma'am, if you don't feel comfortable wearing this and you have to leave, or we'll do your grocery shopping for you and you have to wait like in your car. No. And what's
1: crazy is she's the one that's the most at risk. I know.
2: You know, in terms of
1: getting exactly. sick.
2: And like, like like, Mike was saying, that like, how do you fix this easily? I can fix this in about, I don't know, a sentence, maybe two. Is that it's as simple as this. I'm gonna, I want all of your listeners to like kind of lean in because it's just between me and them. It's between you, Mike, Josh, and the audience. If you're afraid of COVID 19, stay home.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: If anybody else wants to live their lives as normal, They can live their lives. If you're scared, you stay home. You can have everything sent to you for the rest of us to go. You know what? Let's roll the dice and take our chances. Let us be because Mm -hmm. this whole thing about essential and what's not essential is BS. What we're doing is picking and choosing winners on an economic level. Yeah. And, And that's it's funny for work. I need a new pair of shoes and like I have some weird ass feet like every time I buy a pair of shoes, I'm like a different size. And guess what? I can't buy a pair of shoes because I cannot find a way to measure them properly. And Uh, I've had to buy like three or four pairs of shoes, have to keep sending them back because nothing fits and there's no way to do it.
1: I am I I don't have the same problem, but I do have weird, you know, because I I I, my feet are like super narrow. So like I have like I can't buy or even wear certain brands because it just doesn't fit me properly. So I end up having to spend way more money on stuff like Brooks or Sasoni. Because it's just that that's just better uh, for my feet, and trust me, having feet, shoes that fit and fit well and are comfortable is an immensely important part of your life it's, if you're out on about on your feet a lot.
2: One could call it, Mike, essential. <laughs> yes, and that's why I don't get is that like a shoe store is essential. Like like I wear glasses, mm. and if something happens to my glasses, where I get I'm my well that's what exactly it's so, like i get my prescriptions from like lens crafters or i'm sorry pearl vision and guess what i if i have to go to them they're in a mall they're closed and i'm like that's the essential I get them from service
1: a, i get i get them from a, a a company but they're not open so what am exactly. i gonna do i can't like
2: exactly
0: but my, that's, like, in that- my career my, the way i paid my fucking bills yeah. was as a karaoke yeah. and trivia DJ. I Mm -hmm. am going to be out of work for the fucking first. I just filed for unemployment uh, yesterday, actually, because I I thought that surely by May we'd start, you know, kind of getting shit together. But now I'm looking at it. It's like, yes, Florida is on the one of the faster states in regards to opening things up. But shit, Uh, karaoke, a thing where everyone's sharing a communal mic. In mm-hmm. in a bar in close quarters, fuck that man. We ain't gonna be open. They ain't gonna open up karaoke until twenty twenty two. At this fucking yeah, rate, be,
1: yeah, yeah, I, it it sucks. And uh, I feel for you, Josh. Like I I really uh, did, when I heard everything was going down, I'm like, man, the people, the karaoke DJ, and all this other stuff, uh, the nightclub performers, all these people that you know are are doing these kind of this kind of work. Um, it, it's gonna be really hard for them to to get jobs because this is not gonna even, even if we do curb things enough and, and things get a little bit better uh people are just gonna not want to go out and and do it i just i I just
0: love how it's become like a political issue somehow like if you're if you're for staying in and keeping things closed yeah i don't get that you're you're (laughs) you're a liberal democrat and if you're for opening things and going out and and you know trying to make a living you're you're a conservative
1: republican what what if you what if you want both Cause that's my thing. Like I'm totally fine if my job decides, okay, we're opening back up again, but six feet, you know, uh, you know, away from all customers as possible, as much as possible. Maybe we start out with a certain limit of customers that are allowed in the store. As employees, we have to wear masks, you know, that kind That's of... That's pretty much what they're
0: doing here. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, everything's six foot apart, you know, 25% capacity I went to drop off a
1: package at UPS and I didn't know what was going on because I haven't dropped off a package at the UPS store in forever because uh, I had to drop off my rental books for, for college because I can't drop them off physically at the bookstore because the campus is closed. So I go up there and I walk in and then the clerk said, hey, 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 get... get you can't be in here only three people allowed in the the store at once yeah i mean it makes you you feel like like,
0: okay it makes you feel like a fucking idiot you know like sometimes like like i i was there's a sign but i didn't
1: think about that well yeah i know you you because it's so
0: it's so it's like so not conducive to the your your, how you've lived your life the past 30 years you know, like I was I was in Publix the other day, which is a fucking grocery store in the oh, fucking I love it. I love South- it. I miss it. I miss yeah. it. Give
2: it. Josh, Josh, give it a hug for me next time. I fucking tell Publix I miss it.
1: Publix is like, uh, what do you have over there in New York? Costco? Uh,
2: That's that's like our version of. Well, yeah, we have like that's like our big like one of our big like oh God, warehouse ones. He's probably but like no, Kroger or gro- something. No, we don't have Kroger. We have you're going to like these. We have a uh, price chopper, stop and shop, Hannaford. Shoprite, in my personal favorite i call it stupid place but its name is tops
3: <laughs> i hate okay. that one the most oh my tops, god i, tops I, is I can hear
1: i can hear all of those in a new york accent yeah like it's in, horrible you know, there's a stereotypical it's per, especially price chopper like price
2: chopper is actually pretty cool because like yeah. if you get prescriptions filled there uh-huh. they're like based out of albany and so they have like massive discounts because like they yeah. get subsidized by new york state which i don't agree with but like Hey, if, if it's something I have no control over, might as well exploit mm-hmm. it. Um, they're cool. Um, the rest of them, like, again, like New York is awful. Like I, my <laughs> joke is that like, unless you're making like a six figure job, there's no reason to live in this state. Like, it's just like, it's miserable. Did you
1: move here because of uh, other, like for work or, or because of relations or, you know, my,
2: I moved here back in 2004. Cause my mother, like I was only mm-hmm. 12 years old at the time. And my mother wanted to be with her family. And like, she's like, Oh, the school systems are horrible in Florida. They're mm-hmm. better in New York. And then like on my very first day like moving up here like they're like we walk, like we're driving home and there was yeah. like a black there was like a guy crossing the street with a two by four with a nail in it and I turned around to my mother and I'm like what did you bring me to <laughs> um, that was literally like one of the first things that happened um, that's not a joke by the way that literally happened <laughs> um, uh, yeah oh no New York just is reminds horrible.
1: me of that scene in Home Alone what is it Home Alone or Home Alone two like Home Alone two when he's at He's on the New York streets at night, and it's just just terrifying. It's just straight up. Do you want movie. me to
0: read you a bedtime story?
2: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, it's, there's
0: a bunch of crazy people out there. Not much better in here,
1: kid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Like I like not to go too far in my own personal history, but like no, I, I I volunteered at a food pantry at the church that like I kind of belong to. Mm-hmm. Like not, it's weird. Like they they get really annoyed with me because like I I did well it got closed down with all the other COVID-19 stuff. Oh yeah. But like, I've been doing it since like February of 2015. And like, you should see the people come in that are like looking for food. Like they would, I, I, every single time I look and I know like everybody gets mad at me for bringing it up though, but like they're wearing Nike shoes. They're wearing like, Oh God. And it's really a lot of times like the women and the guys are just as bad too. But like they're wearing like 200, $300 worth of clothes and they're looking for free food.
1: And like, there are people
2: like, like that. And, and there's a lot of them. Like, they'll pull into the parking lot, like, driving a Lexus. And I'm like, we shouldn't be giving them food. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, And, like, the excuse is, like, oh, they could be living in that car. Then they should sell it it's and then use it and get Lexus. in the park. Exactly. <laughs> sell your, sell your $40,000 car and go rent an apartment. It's like, yeah. and buy your groceries with what's left, left over. And it's like, like no. Like, I have no empathy for that, like, whatsoever. It's like, and especially, like, like in Mike, you can relate. Like, for the longest time, I didn't have a car. For the longest time, I didn't have a steady job. Oh, yeah. And it's like... I am
1: I have I, a car but my my friend borrows it and he uses it to to get to to work and everything and he's exactly. just working constantly so we haven't really even had that much time to but now that I think he has some more time off and now that uh, you know I'm done with college like maybe we could but we can't hang out right now anyway so
2: <laughs> but, but I think it's just the whole idea that like you're trying to like better yourself yeah not living like the high life. You no. have these people that are like, quote unquote, begging for food, yet they clearly mm-hmm. have the means to pay for it themselves. And it's like, like that you're taking food away from somebody else who could use it. Like, there's only a finite amount of donations. And it's like, by you being greedy, and that's like just like one thing in New York. And mm-hmm. like, and, and everybody, everybody appears just hostile. Like even a couple weeks ago, like there was like right near I live, there was like an abandoned campsite, and I went and just like like got out of my car and I like, took a picture of it. And the guys like across he's like I own this, like leave my property. Holy shit, and it's, like, dude! It's like yeah. dude, I'm on, It's like dude, I'm on the curb. You can't tell me to walk away from the curb. And it's like, yeah. and it's like everybody's just so hostile up here. Like everybody's just like itching for a fight. What What, what is
1: crazy is that you would think like after you know. um... And I think that there was this that happened after 9-11. There was this brother, you know, brotherly kind of thing where, at you know, New York kind of lightened up a little bit and, and was more about, you know, loving one another and supporting one another, but it, it just seems like that from what you're saying oh, no. it, it no, it's seems worse. like that, it's that that's, it's not there that's yeah it's not <laughs> it's there, there
0: anymore. your tone zach you sound so beaten down
2: oh no, <laughs> oh, no i don't, i hate this place like I, I make no bones about it like the last time i was in florida was for easter of 2015 i was visiting my brother who at the time was living on saint pete yeah. beach and like it was easter sunday and like like him and i walked around and everyone's like oh happy easter and like i mean like everybody was doing it and i turned around mm-hmm. him and i'm like is everybody this friendly usually? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like in New York, if you wish somebody happy Easter, they will give you a dirty look. Cause it's like, and it's just like, no. And that's the thing. Like everybody, and I, I can, I'm not saying this to be like hyperbolic or embellish. It is legit. Like everybody up here is miserable. And part of that too, is just like, it's so expensive to live up here. Like my, in my family, the alone, weather's
1: I, not, not the, not the, not the well, best either. I think. Well, well, this is my
2: joke about the weather. Um, for example, uh tomorrow night it's supposed to snow one to three inches and i'm not making that up like that is that was a a joke at work today it's it's may (laughs) yep it's middle of may but this is the joke i tell people about new york weather I say the winter is eight months long. Summer is three months long. Fall is two weeks. And spring is about half an hour one day in April. Like there's, a good, there's actually a really good chance that if you sleep in too late one day, like in April, you legit miss spring. You're like, well, better luck next time, buddy. And that's true. Like, Everybody laughs and they're like, yeah, you're right. And it's because it's true. Like we literally yeah. have like eight months of winter where it's just frigid. And it's funny, like what will happen is that like right now it's like 35 degrees outside. And I'm not making that up. And then, like, halfway, I don't know, toward the last week of May, it'll be, like, 90 degrees. Like, our summers are hotter than they are in Florida. And I get it. Like, Florida's, like, a continual, like, 85, 90. Like, I can see that. It's always humid. But, like, we have, like, we have numerous days where it's, like, 100 degrees. And I remember even telling my mother, it's, like, when we were living down in Florida, we never had that. Like, sure, you have to live with the air conditioner on all the time. But, like... It's no different like in New York. Like like mm-hmm. think about Josh. All you've got to do is like set your AC and that's like okay, you're done for the day.
1: Like, I just like, open a window. Well, okay. Or turn opinion. on my fan. But, you know. Yeah, I've
0: had I've had it, it, I've had it at 76 degrees for the last like 3 weeks.
2: But that's the thing though, like all you've got to do is do that. But, like in New York, if like, you have a house, you have to pay for heating oil. So, like, every, mm-hmm. like, September, you have to make a deal with an oil company Dang. for an oil rate where you have to negotiate a price, and it's just – you don't just call – well, you can just call up. You pay a higher price if you do it on demand, but, like, you got to do all this stuff. And then, like, even, like, the weather, like, mm-hmm. all you're doing is cleaning up after the seasons, like, in this – in this uh blah. In the winter, you have to clean up after the snow. In the spring, you have to clean no. up after all the twigs and stuff. In the summer, all you're doing is cutting grass. In the fall, all you're, like, literally in the fall, I rake leaves like every other day. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm exhausted.
3: No. And, I'm,
2: like, and I'm like, what is, like in Florida, all you've got to do, and again, Mike, I only keep saying Florida because that's the only other place I've ever known. Is that like, in <laughs> Josh can attest to, you mow the lawn once every two weeks and that's it. You don't have to worry about raking leaves. You don't have to worry about shoveling snow. You don't have to worry about, like, other things.
1: We don't have to really worry about snow most of the time, but we do deal with, like, debris and, and leaves sure. and yard debris. And, and, sure. You know, we deal with pine like needles the, are
0: some of the worst. Stuff- like,
1: I... I- God, I hate pine needles.
0: Yeah. We, we deal with all that stuff you're talking about, but it's, it's all like cute. Like the leaves that fall is, it's like a yep. cute amount. It's yep. like, Oh, look at that cute amount of small leaves that fell on the ground. Or, Oh, look at this cute little cold weather out here. That's not really New York. Bad. It's
1: like, Oh dear God. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. The only yeah. thing that that's bad if, if for non Floridians is when summertime comes and everyone's like, Oh my God, it feels like a hot mouth all the time. And it's yep. like, yep. Well, welcome to Florida. Uh, uh, you you just took a shower and you're sweating. One minute later, and now you have to take another or one. Or like, yeah. or you know, like
1: here in the Pacific Northwest, when we have transplants from California complaining about how much it rains. It just ra- It's just raining all the time. Why does it rain so much? It's like it's it's the pacific northwest now that would that would be depressing
0: for me eh. like if i if i lived in an area where i a little bit of rain's cool every now and then but i hate when it like the skies are gray all the time Mm -hmm. i mean that that can happen when it's winter too i guess but like the skies are just gray everything's just kind of our weather's
1: been fucking weird though over here like we didn't even have a winter like uh blink and you miss it you know winter i have one day of snow and it didn't stick And it didn't really get that cold. It was an extended fall, and now uh, we're getting to summer. And I have a sneaking suspicion because it's already like we're already starting to have some hot days, hotter than we normally get around like May. I have a sneaking suspicion this summer is going to be brutal (laughs) for for uh, over here. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe that maybe the two or three months
0: of this social distancing will make the ozone come back a little bit. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing. Uh, Although, I mean, I got to be honest, Zach, just hearing you talk about New York unapologetically has been very <laughs> entertaining.
2: Oh, it's uh, oh, I oh I I have more and more stories like everything and is, and,
1: and, and, and it's honestly refreshing because what we oh. get in the media and what we get you know in terms of uh, in film or in television is this very idealistic uh, vision of New York City. Yeah, yeah. Well, the city know.
2: is fun. Like, the city is fun, but like yeah. But, like, like, even for me getting there, like, I take, like, like, trust me, like, I have it lucky in that sense because, like, all I've got to do is take, a fi- like, a 15-minute car ride to the train station, mm-hmm. and it goes, like, you have to take a couple, a few stops. Yeah. But like, it's essentially, like, a 90-minute, two-hour train ride. So, like, all you do is just get on the train. Yeah. And, it's like, and it's, like, $25, $30 one way. Like, like a round-trip ticket's, like, 60 bucks. So it's not exactly cheap just to get into the city. And then, like, once you get there, you're paying out the wazoo for everything. That's
1: insane.
2: Yeah, and, and it <laughs> smells like piss, like, it smells like piss all the time, because, like, it's not as bad as it was before Giuliani, but, like, they're letting it go downhill, because it's just, like, they just don't care, and, oh, yeah, like, the city, the city's nice, because, like, the corporations, like, you, know, you guys know this, like, the corporations cleaned up, like, your major areas, Yeah, but, like, it still is not as nice as it once was, like, you could just tell, like, it's just, like, okay, we're still coasting off, like, Like Giuliani did great. Bloomberg continued that like Bloomberg went insane and like started banning soda. And then like uh, Big (laughs) Bird, then then, then mayor, no, that's a legit thing that happened. And mayor Mayor Big Bird came in and just like drove the city directly into the ground. And it's like, Oh, it smells like piss now. Like, that's fine. Like it's, it's like that dog drinking his coffee in hell. It's like, that's, this is fine. Like, it's nice. I guess it just smells funky. (laughs) um yeah the city yeah the city's fun like that's what i tell people like people who are non-floridians talk i'm sorry non-new yorkers talk to me and they're like yeah the city's fun like i'm not gonna deny that it's really fun but like it's expensive it's like the equivalent of uh like going to disney it's yeah that's like what doing.
1: i was gonna say it's like going to disneyland
0: I, I, don't yeah, I don't understand my music friends who like do shit like move to la or move to new york city and it's like how do you go from like I feel like the only way you can like truly live there nowadays is if you either already have a good job that's like super portable and it can like you can relocate to another They live in
1: a house with like 50
0: yeah, other people. Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> that's 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 what happened after college to a lot of my friends. It was like they would sit there and have like six people living like, you know, like a one like like a one or two bedroom studio apartment and like yeah. you, you like and you're talking about like everybody had to, everybody had to have like a decent job. Like we were talking about like a minimum, like 50, $55,000 a year. Damn. Jesus and, Christ! And and, and, and and they all had to like contribute something like, I don't know, like a thousand dollars a month for rent. That so like, yeah, like stupid. And that's, yeah. And that's, a, and that's like the boroughs. That's not like Manhattan or anything. Um, cause even the boroughs are expensive now cause people all like migrated further out there. Well, yeah,
1: I've been hearing things like, oh, you know, just, just an apartment in New York city. That's basically a broom closet. It's going to cost you, you know, out the ass. Yeah. I, because yeah. it's in New York. Well, that's oh, that's exactly. actually a <laughs>
0: microcosm of what's happening in Jacksonville. There's a the, there's the area that I I don't live in, but I live in a stone's throw away from Riverside. Uh, it's it's become the de facto like hipster artsy district of uh, Jacksonville. And uh Ba- like 15 years ago it was like run down and shitty and only like heroin addicts and ar- artists lived there and you know it was just kind of like whatever now there's artists that live there but <laughs> no but then, then rich it, then it became like the, rich over the, like the last 15 years like like all the all the kitties for whatever reason uh start started like like stumbling into riverside and being like oh there's a that's a cool looking mural oh that's a wacky uh you know pub or oh that's a that's a zany restaurant with some good ipa beers and just
1: sounds like portland
0: yeah well yeah it's 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 it's, (laughs) like literally like a tiny microcosm of like a portland type uh scenario so now all the property like used to be you could get a apartment in riverside for like dirt cheap because no one wanted to live there and now it's got the same exact shitty buildings the same exact crappy uh hundred year old uh landscape but that's
1: a part of its charm
0: oh yeah now Josh, now it's charming now it's a selling now it's a selling point. before it was blight now it's a charming you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the, oh that that old that shopping cart in that vacant lot is is uh you know that's that's part of uh it's it's rustic it's it's actually a paint a, an art installation uh-huh. that is not a uh a rusty kmok came off if, if i if K-mart. i've
1: learned if <laughs> i've learned anything accent. from my uh, time taking art history classes uh when it comes to art anything can be considered art as long as somebody makes the argument or stands up and says that it's art even though you're d- even if it's just a a canvas that some guy just erased something he worked on and then put it on the, on the wall. Well, you know, you, you know, just because of the action of erasing the canvas or the fact that the blank canvas itself is as an art form because it's waiting for art to be put, placed onto it. it. It, you know, if, you can take a blank canvas and put it on a, a wall and call it art or take a toilet and just put it in the fucking uh, art gallery with just uh, your name on it or some other person's name on it and a date, and that's art, then a, a fucking shopping cart in that's all rusted out in the Kmart on the side lot. of the road in the Kmart parking lot is... It could also be considered well, art. Well, I think art is anything
0: that you rope off with velvet ropes. Anything
1: in, <laughs> inside the confines
0: of that then becomes I art. I
1: guarantee that somebody, some fucking hipster artist, could take that rusted out shopping cart.
2: In the camera parking lot.
1: Or, or, or take a picture of it and put it in a frame, put it in a gallery, and people are like, oh my god. Like, that is just so compelling it's 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 a it's a dying company it's a company that no longer is technically around and it's rusted out. It represents the death of uh the society or you know things like that. I think that everybody uh, has a
0: idea of what art is. And it's only whenever that annoying bastard has to like in the back of the class has to raise their hand and be like, well, uh, technically, isn't everything art? And it's like, yes, yes, (laughs) technically, everything is art. But with that being said, everybody knows what is actually art okay like when you want to get intellectual about it yes every fucking thing under the sun is art but if you when if you take your average person and tell them to think about what their definition of art is everyone's pretty much going to think the same thing
1: yeah well exactly i mean but i'm just saying like a lot of it is it's only when you get
0: philosophical about it and douchey about it does it become this like shopping cart behind these velvet ropes kind of thing and you
1: know i mean well i mean when when art is considered art or not is like i said it's when somebody uh makes an argument
0: i from my personal definition of art is when you have put some kind of considerable effort into something i feel like you have to put some kind of Effort into something for something to be. Art I used for me. to
1: think that too, but after you know reading about art and doing <laughs> all this art
0: stuff, that, like the liberal college has changed you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, see, 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 Zach. This has become this has love, become the uh, stream of consciousness I love, podcast I, I always it. wanted.
2: I I, I, th- I think this is what's gonna happen, Josh and Mike. It's like that's what you should do. Just have me on. I'll be a catalyst because I can talk about anything. I could tell Josh, like I was telling him, I think this morning. It was like, just, I can talk about anything, man. Like, just like, let me, give me a topic and I'll just ramble about it. I think that's the best thing. Is it like, pe- people seem to like that. Just you yeah, pinballing. That's the term I use for you just pinball from topic to topic. Um, naturally. It's like, it's, it's kind of like uh that great, you, you it's know, a the it, it's a
1: conversation. It, it's, 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 it's more realistic because when, when a group of people get together, they're not all thinking of, okay, what, this is the topic I'm going to bring up uh, at the start of the conversation. Then after at a certain point, I'm going to bring up this topic. After that, I'm going to bring up this one. Oh, I also want to make sure that these topics connect to one another in some way. And here are my backup topics you know, that are random that I can throw in. Just in case they don't connect to the conversation that is already going on. And don't nobody fucking thinks like that. Nobody plans out a conversation that way.
0: And don't even get me started on those people who do research for their podcast. (laughs) Those people make me sick.
2: I remember back those days, those first few months, where I actually do research on things, and I realized that's a lot of work. Oh, it is. Oh, dude, shoot from the hip, shoot from the hip.
0: You want to talk, dude? At the very beginning, like at least the first like forty episodes of our podcast, my stupid ass would sit there and watch
1: (laughs) type type the. I would watch the unsolved mystery
0: segment, and I would type out ver fucking bateum everything that was said in the segment and that's what i would read off of for our podcast
1: well we remember also we it. didn't i don't think we were aware of the wiki at the time no or the or the website yeah also there are, there were some segments that for some reason didn't have enough information like the jamaican something uh was a voodoo thing or whatever I, I did the same thing you did, and I was like, this is fucking exhausting and boring, and <laughs> I don't like unsolved mysteries when i'm doing this right did you
0: have that moment where you're like (laughs) it it felt like literally a book report every time i knew the podcast was coming up it was like literally like the worst homework assignment that i did not want to do but i but in the early days there was still so many cases i wanted to talk about that it was like kind of worth doing because i was like nah, i know this sucks but i really want to get on the mic and and Uh talk about this shit and uh but uh, but again though like even in the early days before we knew that about the wiki and all that still wasn't the most efficient way to take notes to type out no. every single thing verbatim but that's no. what i did i could have just made like bullet points of, of like key phrases that i think
1: i even recommend i even said hey you could just you know do bullet points and 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 you know too easy. <laughs> uh, little little points that uh, <laughs> it's too easy, you thought were yeah. interesting. Yeah, that was what, But you're like, no, it's too easy. I got I got to make things hard on myself. Like, and I understand that. I do that too. No, I I de- but I definitely didn't. Th- if you thought
0: Zach was quoting something I said from back then, I I never said it was too easy. He was making a joke because I <laughs> I, I know I always take <laughs> I the know. easy way out when it comes to the podcast. So I, I definitely would have, if there was an easier alternative, I would have <laughs> taken it. And God God knows I did. Whenever we found out about the a uh, wiki i was yeah. like fucking hallelujah now i can now i can start enjoying this a little bit more you know i don't have to worry about notating every single thing you know like ugh, god you
1: probably got to the point where you're like i don't want to hear robert stack's voice again what was okay
3: what was worse
0: (laughs) it was the worst when stack would speak because he he was speaking from a script so all his words were memorized and he was a lot more fluent in his delivery of words it was easy whenever whenever they would interview someone i would like be like oh thank god i can finally rest because when you're interviewing your average person they speak a lot slower they use more simple words And just in general are easier to dictate. Um, But then when it got back to stack or like a like a investigator or something, the the, you know, the syllables and the words start to get bigger. The 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 speed of the speech starts to get faster. And it's like, son of a bitch, I got to keep pausing
1: and rewinding. And
0: (laughs) yeah,
3: yeah,
1: it was the speed. The speed is what gets you when you're translating, when you're transcripting things. Yeah, it, it's that it, there. There are some people who are too slow. Where you're just like, oh my god, just fucking get. Oh no, I never complain. Whatever you're saying, well, I never already. complain about too slow. It's too fast It bothers me. You can speak as slow well, as you want. You, well, I mean, for me, it, it's it, if I am stuck and I have to transcript something, you know, it, it going by slower with just one person that can get a little like, okay, come on, like I, I need, it, and I don't want super fast because that's just as bad. I think. You know, there's equal uh, problems or issues with uh, someone who's talking too slow versus uh, or or not necessarily too slow, but what they're saying is full of so many pauses and so many of these other sort of things. And if you're doing a, a transcript, sometimes like they ask you like you need everything, but why do I need the ends and the ums and the uh, whatever? It's like this to be everything.
0: <laughs> I don't think I, to- I don't think like- I ever told you this, Mike. Uh, but but we've had several people over the years email our uh, our email account, and uh, they've offered transcribing services, and they they gave some kind of statistics like you'll get twenty five percent more of a listener base if there's a transcribed version of every podcast, and we're willing to do it for. Uh, a transcribed version yeah and they and for like a certain amount of money they were willing you know they w- i don't buy it yeah well obviously <laughs> i didn't even respond to the email or tell you about it because i thought it was so yeah. ridiculous i'm like uh okay i don't see how that would bring any value to our podcast so i'm not even going to respond to that
2: but i think it'd be good for though it's good for record keeping like if you sit there and yes. like, say something you can go back to it like at any time um like if this was like a like again not for you guys, but for me, like if I, I, there's a couple of times where I'll say something. And I want to go back and be like, okay, on this date, when did I say this, and I yeah. think that'd be great. Like, if I had like money coming out the wazoo and if it was minimal, like I'd say, maybe, I don't know, 20 bucks mm-hmm. per episode. I'd do that by the money. Yeah, because Cause it, it keeps most a good of record,
1: most of these, in, you know, these big podcasters or YouTubers, they have people that they hire to edit, to write, to do all of these things. Like, there are some individuals that do their own writing, but a lot of them, you know, the, the closest it gets to them contributing to their work is, is they're writing it, but they're having someone else editing it, or a team of people editing whatever video, uh, they just show up, they turn the camera on, they do their thing, and then other people... And that'd be nice. Hell, I'd probably put more production values and, you know, uh, scripted videos and all this other shit. If I could just be like, hey, I had enough money, you'd be like, hey, here's my footage. Spice it up. Make Add all these quick cuts and shit and throw in some video and and pictures and music and... I don't know. After... after I I think you might be surprised because after,
0: uh, I know both you and I, what we have in common with like our YouTube channels is that we have done
1: everything ourselves. And when you have had that. I'm talking about like, yeah, massive channels, like not, you know, a lot of them do have uh, teams like I've even seen behind the scenes videos. Well, no, what I was going
0: to say was uh, once you've gotten used to doing something yourself for so long, you get like. Used to having that like, you know, it's it's got to be done exactly your way kind of yeah. thing. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and have it your way. Yes. Yeah. Did you just quote Burger King like talk, <laughs> talking about our YouTube channels?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, technically, Jesus, Mike, you're, you're, you're one of your a way. kind, man. That's one thing I'll say about
0: you. <laughs> Queer or not, whatever they say about you, you're one of a kind. <laughs>
2: I'm not laughing at anything derogatory. I'm just laughing at that turn of phrase. There we well, go. Well, I mean there Ain't are there,
1: there is another, you know, use for that term That it is sure. related to that.
2: Oh sure. No, that's what I was laughing at. I was laughing I'm at that.
1: Definitely just... weird. I'm not gonna deny that. I'm like, I'm... <laughs> I just found um, out
0: that's... what the term soy boy meant the other day. Really? Oh, really? It took you that long. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't hip to that one. Jeez. I okay, bet you probably okay, heard anybody call you a soy boy before no my uh friend who is um he's kind of a troll uh, uh, he's kind of a uh, like a a right wing troll in the sense of like he is he is like libertarian but he 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 acts like he's a lot more extreme right than what he actually is but he just does it to troll everyone on his facebook because everyone gets so easily triggered and he mm-hmm. he's like older and he just doesn't give a shit anymore about like offending people so he'll literally just say you know whatever but like He's actually got he's actually an intelligent person and he's not he's not like, for instance, he's not one of those people that if you went to his Facebook page, his cover photo would be like an American Eagle in the background with like a machine gun and a skeleton that says, you know, don't tread on me. He's not he's not he's self-aware like he knows he's, he knows what's going on, but he well, he could technically be self-aware by
1: having that well yeah it would be kind right. of a funny I, like, ironic, you know? yeah
0: but you know there's people out there who like there's boomers out there who have that shit unironically like on their facebook oh, pages yeah. like the skeleton with the affliction style artwork <laughs> skeleton. like just you know with a ball like a like a red white and blue skeleton you know like with the american flag oh superimposed like i hate that shit so awful but anyway he was saying something about like a soy boy i heard the term before but i was like what what is that like what does that mean and um basically like what, what is this like a basically like a a uh a covert Rimp. a covert way of calling someone like like back in junior high you'd call someone like oh you're such a fag or whatever and or oh, uh, pussy yeah obviously now that's politically incorrect
1: and uh so i guess the term.
0: for the
2: record i have not used any of these terminologies folks I, <laughs> on the record. I, I am abstaining from this part of the conversation
1: but a lot of people don't apply context to things like for instance there's older films that throw around dialogue like that like for instance the monster squad came under fire in the past few years because the lines of dialogue that the kids are saying you know uh where they you know say you know the the derogatory term you know the for homosexuals it starts with an f and then they also say things like uh homos and whatever and so People are now looking at it like, oh, that's so offensive. Like, how dare that movie with kids actually? But I like the, the film. Even in, back in the eighties, like it had the balls to be like, you know what, kids actually say this stuff, right? I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <you> know. <laughs> that's why.
0: That's why. Like, anytime I watch movies nowadays, like the like the new It movie or whatever, or uh,
1: it, or any movie that like, did you see? Did you see? Have you seen Chapter Two? No, yeah, I haven't seen Chapter no, Two. No, I've yet. only did seen you the, see first the first one. chapter. I've only seen... The What'd you think of the first chapter of It? Um... I didn't like it. I, I, didn't, I didn't really it. Was, it was... You know, myself. it's
0: like any remake nowadays. Uh, it's It's okay. I'm never gonna... I don't... I can't think of any remake off the top of my head that... I
1: like the miniseries of Tim Curry a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. I, I mean, it
0: still kind of blows my mind that it was a miniseries. I swear to God, I thought I saw that... Um. Well, I did see the movie... Uh,
1: it, it was released on vhs because yeah,
0: so. that's how i saw it anyway i feel like this podcast is running forever i think that we're like easily <laughs> into the two hour mark now um i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this is easily uh deviated
1: I from <laughs>
2: i love it i absolutely love it he loves the, he loves disasters so.
0: yeah i know zach's yeah. a sick fuck that's one that's one thing
2: zach, <laughs> zach is a very unique person everybody needs to realize that
1: well, he speaks in third. Uh, Zach speaks in third person, too. <laughs> Zach does a lot
0: of things. When Zach gets upset, he speaks in third person. He's, he's,
2: oh, he, oh, have, oh, OK. I didn't even know I was doing that,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, he's upset. He, he, he's, uh, he's like the Hulk, you know, like you wouldn't like the Zach when Zach is angry. Did you drop something, Josh? No, <laughs> no,
2: it's me. That's when oh, I drop okay. something. So, no, I'm making it worse <laughs> now. I'm digging my hole even deeper. Yeah, he, Zach is drunk
0: now. Uh, it's clear that our guest is intoxicated on the show. He's disre- he's disrespecting such a commendable show. Um,
2: That's what happened. I talked about how much I dislike New York, and it's all downhill now. And then, and then the then he, now, <laughs> now I'm just trying to break from my prison that I'm stuck
0: in. Yeah, he said he hated New York. It got him so incensed, he started. He opened up his bottle I of... Took,
2: I, I took my mask off, and everything went downhill from there.
0: <laughs> oh, no. It's like taking your fucking space helmet off in space, Zach. Put it back on.
2: You guys laugh. But I legit have one mask. And I have to like wash it every single day because they gave it to me at work. Well, yeah,
1: I I don't think that's funny. I mean, especially for in your situation, like it's just really difficult to get. Because I was talking about that. Like, I go to the grocery store, my local grocery store, Winco, like it's stocked up normally. We're not having any problems getting our groceries. And I was looking at news reports and stuff like that in New York, and, and they're struggling to just you know get lunch meat and stuff no, like that. It's not that bad. It's, don't they were at that. one
2: point. They were no, at one point. Trust me, it was never that bad. It okay, was never I, that bad. I, I can't. Okay, Fake in news. upstate New York, in Poughkeepsie, New York, I can attest. Ninety minutes north of New York City. Uh, no, that was never an issue. The only oh, thing okay. that's been hard, to, even the to- The only thing that's still hard to come by is like cleaning supplies. Um, the toilet paper is there if you know where to look for it. Um, Yeah, I'd say the cleaning supplies is kind of the big thing. Okay. Like your Lysol, your Clorox, that is still hard to find. But it's like anything else. If you just get there, like an opening, it's not hard to find. Yeah, well, It's yeah. just a matter of uh, coordinating.
0: And as a result of President Trump's uh, Coronavirus Task Force uh, speech he gave the other day, now Lysol and uh, the diabetic injection needles are missing as well.
2: <laughs> oh, hi i'm laughing <laughs> i don't agree with you but i'm laughing oh
0: no i Ooh. i know I I, I I think i totally think that that was that was taken out of context like what was said uh during, i mean if yeah. he, it, the, the dude okay here's the thing trump went and said trump went and said uh oh i was being sarcastic you know it's like no you weren't being sarcastic you were thinking out loud and you that's some shit you do when you're when you're not live on tv but trump just does not Understand that the kind of shit you do on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. That's the kind of shit. Trump could have came on this podcast and said that all day long, and we would have been like, "Well, fuck yeah, maybe that would work." You know, I don't know. Let's try it. But you don't. You don't go on national TV when you're live. And he starts like riffing, like a fucking comic wood who's looking for material. Like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know what's going on in the news. Uh, you got the, the, the Lysol kills the coronavirus. Uh, uh, could we get it inside us somehow? Maybe uh, I don't know some kind of injection can we look into that yeah it's like
1: a tonight show huh? like like the tonight he was, show he was, like Jimmy Fallon like throwing fucking... spaghetti
0: against the wall and everyone took it like oh my god he he went on tv looked in the camera and said inject Lysol into your baby's eyeball it's the only way to cure coronavirus and it's
1: like no it's not exactly all...
3: yeah it's, it's it, like
1: it, it, I even I'm not even a fan of his and even I'm looking at that and I'm like he was just trying to be funny
0: I don't think yeah I don't even think he was trying the to the be wall. funny I think he was just spitballing and just you know yeah out loud and 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 people just took it way way out of context but like that's the thing is like i'm not i'm not a i'm not the biggest trump fan either but i have woken up to the hypocrisy of mainstream media and i've literally i've been alive long enough now to where i've literally seen if a democratic uh can if if a democrat is in office the media will look the other way on so much shit. And if a Republican is in office, they call him out on some. I mean, look at this Biden thing with the whole sex scandal going on right now with Tara Reid. When Judge Kavanaugh was trying to uh, be confirmed or whatever, there uh, the Democrats were like, "Believe women." hashtag Believe women. And now this Tara Reid thing's going on. And it's like, well, I mean, is it Tara Reid or is it? Or, it's Tara it, Reid. Yeah, her name's spelled differently, oh, okay. but it's it's like, oh. well, I mean, you know, I you know, I mean, yeah, you should believe women, but I mean, you know. And, everyone who worked for joe biden said he he never would blah blah <laughs> and you know joe biden's known for giving people big gorilla hugs against their will i mean that was his whole thing when he was vice president was like oh he's the avuncular old man in the corner who likes to
1: come that's up that's because politics is just fans it's it's the same shit it's, as sports yeah fans. yeah exactly it is the exact same kind of thing where if uh it's a a player or someone that's on your team like for instance uh, i i know neither of you give a shit about this but it kind of does tie into it where uh, the cowboys sign andy dalton the cincinnati Bengals. Uh, all right i'm checking my phone
0: now i'm, ca- I'm ta- to, cashing to,
1: out to to be a back to be a backup uh quarterback and uh the, the cowboys fan base you have people within that fan base who sh- said he sucked For a long time before he was signed, now they're like, oh, he could start, and he could be better than Dak Prescott, or he could be as good as Dak Prescott. But you were the same people that were saying he was trash earlier. No, well, you know, now that he's a cowboy, oh, he's not trash anymore. See, it's the same sort of thing that ties in directly to the politics thing, where because he's on your side, you know... Now you can kind of find a workaround or, you know, a way to defend them in ways that you would not have previously. Zach, I I think it's just, it's a fan. Zach, we,
0: we on this podcast have never gone off the rails before. And then you come waltzing in here (laughs) and look at the (laughs) fuck you've done to
2: our podcast. It's profound. It's profound. I love it. If, If only I could have this sort of control on my podcast. If only I could have the same ability to uh, unintentionally do things the way I do on this podcast as I do on my own, I would have no problems in my life right now. <laughs>
1: well, me and Mike uh, aren't. I tried to connect it, at least. I think there is somewhat of a connection between the two. I think, I thi- uh, yeah, I, I think with this, it's a different dynamic. When you have another person, um, another guest, and they're not like Don devereaux or or the or
3: the
2: I, guy i'd love it i'd love it if this is the don devereau conversation you weren't We're even you all weren't all of there of York for York that mike
0: that was me and don solo no okay. but I'm,
1: I'm just saying i'm just saying in terms of like professionalism you weren't That's even there
0: oh my god you weren't even <laughs> there how dare you you don't have the right
1: oh my god i was gonna bring up the dp as well so i was gonna tie that oh, in. oh you want to talk about a little but, bit of double penetration okay i'm down. <laughs> No, but uh, I think it was Kevin O'Brien. Yes, I think that was his name. Yes, indeed. So that's when you have that. It's it's a different kind of dynamic when you have uh, that kind of. But well, when you have a special guest, you know, just another average regular guy, like like you know, Zach. And no offense to Zach. Geez, way to downplay um, Zach. Take. Because cause we're average regular people too. Speak for yourself. I'm, I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm
0: uh, I'm I'm famous. I'm in Dancing with Ghosts. <laughs> well, we've got He's like a ghost
2: that dances. Okay.
0: Oh God.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: God.
0: Uh, Zach's
1: just <laughs> Zach's just antagonizing
3: like a, at this point.
1: Uh, uh, have you gotten that before, Josh? About like your 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 uh, band name? People making fun of you, Mike, over over your your, your band Mike, name. Mike, I think
0: you know the answer to that. Okay, I think you're asking that question to be a little glib, and I don't appreciate it because I think you already know the answer to that i think you Some already guys, know Tom that Cruise. i do get that a okay. lot you think i think you already know that i do want to go back and murder uh russell crowe or whoever the fuck starred in dances with fucking wolves because that is all <laughs> kevin, that people associate kevin costner kevin costner i don't actually want to kill kevin costner but in this in the sake in this fictional scenario of this podcast it's only for entertainment i do want to kill kevin costner for making that goddamn movie because every time now, oh, what band are you in? Dances with ghosts, dances with the with goats, dances with with wolves. Are you are you are you Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves right now in front of me? Are you doing a theatrical yes. production
1: of Dances with Wolves right now in front of me? I mean, is this the dance sequel to Dances with Wolves? Uh, dan-
0: yes, this, is, uh, this is a
2: Broadway musical. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah. So anyway, this. The, I okay.
2: I am so confused.
0: Guys, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing podcast audience. Uh I I want to do a stream of consciousness podcast uh where we where we don't have an agenda cuz I feel like this has been fun to me personally. So uh I don't know. It, it have a loose, you know, kind of uh thing that we're going to talk about and then just kind of go off from there. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I love it.
2: Anyway, look forward to Look forward to us doing this at 3 a.m. From now, on. yeah. We we'll do so Josh, Josh <laughs> Mike, and Zach just talk about random stuff. Like we'll, we'll pick a name or a word out of a hat, and we'll just take it from there. That'd be a really, really interesting idea for a podcast. Like you sit through like write a bunch really of names, yeah. Like you write a bunch of names, like I don't know, like on something. It's like okay, and the topic is, and you can just take it anywhere from there. You do it's like okay, we're talking about, uh, and uh, be, cars you could have like you to do have that.
1: loaded topics in there, like coronavirus, and you'd be like, oh fuck and then you'd have to still try to
2: you no, know that's the thing though it's true consciousness so you can just like yeah. you can start off like any way you want you just let it like snowball yeah. from there that's that's an interesting idea josh
0: well yeah i mean i know exactly how it would go i mean we, it, we we'd pull something and it'd say like kitchen sink and then it would end on is columbia truly a banana republic you know i mean it, that's <laughs> exactly what would happen Uh, Okay, anyway, that's the end of this motherfucking podcast. Mercifully is the end. Um, (laughs) If you want to uh, uh, join the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. (laughs) I forgot my whole outro because I'm so out to sea right now. Um, If you want to join the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries Facebook group, Uh, You can do so by going to Facebook.com, go to the search, type in Uncovering Explained Mysteries, click on the Groups tab. We should be the first thing that comes up. Uh, There's some cool shit in there that I will not mention on here. It's a very um, down-to-earth community of cool people. There's never been any drama in that group. It's been the most drama-free group I've ever been a part of. So you should join Damn It. Uh, Secondly, if you want to contribute to uh, me not being as poor... 'Cause i s I'm still out of work. I just filed for unemployment. <laughs> yeah. Uh on Patreon. You can subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash uncovering explained mysteries. Um you get a job well done and a pat on
1: the back. Uh and don't you also have uh something for your band as well and other stuff like that? But that's probably a separate separate account.
0: Uh no, I don't have a I, I don't have a Patreon for the band.
1: Let's talk about PayPal or something like that?
0: Uh, we'll get I'll, I'll I'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, you uh, can suggest topics for us to cover uh, on later episodes. And um, sometimes uh, you get the <laughs> sometimes you get the podcast early. It used to be a lot more frequent when our lives weren't as fucking chaotic as they are now. Um, if you want more of me and Mike, but maybe we're a little too together for you right now for your taste. If you want to have us separately then you can go to our YouTube channels. Mike's YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OCP communications. Mike is a movie guy. If that hasn't been made abundantly fucking clear by now. (laughs) Uh, Mike, what was the last video you did on your YouTube
1: channel? Uh, Last video I did was a review of critters Four, the sequel where the critters go to space, but they're from space. So it's not really that big of a deal. Did that start the whole like uh, a sequel has is
0: got has jumped the shark when it goes to space? Did they start the whole going to space thing?
1: Uh, it came out in ninety two. Oh no, so that had been started way before that. Well, not necessarily. I mean, Jason X came out much later, and so did Leprechaun Four and Hellraiser.
2: Blood, Hellraiser
1: Bloodlines. Bloodline came out in ninety eight or ninety seven. So technically, I guess you could make the argument that Critters Four started that. God, could,
2: n- couldn't you also say that maybe Moonraker was the first movie that jumped a shark yeah, in space? Maybe, but Moonraker. I I like I
1: like Moonraker too. It's, it's silly. It's, you know, fucking Holly Goodhead and, you know, Drax and space lasers, but at this point with the Bond franchise, like, it was silly anyway. The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, Undersea, uh, what what is it, like, the the main villain had a complex that was under the water, you know, stuff like that, so it was, was it really that? out there for them to go to space i have this at that i have point. this like
0: bucket list where i want to go and i i because I, I have a childhood tradition with the bond marathons that came on during christmas time to try to watch as many as i could on i think it was on tnt or tbs or something huh. i want yeah. to get all the bond movies and i want to watch every single one of those motherfuckers one of these days like how ha- like not there's out. a
1: there's a good uh blu-ray set that has like all the bond movies and it has, like, a ton of, uh... It also has a, a ton of features. And I know that's a painful uh, th- uh,
0: thing to take on because not all the Bond movies were good. No. No. All right, so anyway, that's Mike's YouTube channel. You can find me at youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. God Where damn Josh it. Josh is
2: not Kevin Costner.
0: No. I do, uh, reviews on music-based stuff mostly these days. I did a, m- a video on, uh uh christian grunge it was a thing and it was weird i did a video on phil collins needs to retire because he's fucking old and it's embarrassing at this point uh the last video i did was that puddle of that awful puddle of mud cover of uh, about a girl by nirvana
3: uh yeah
0: that was fucking awful abortion of a performance
1: uh isn't that video like deleted now like didn't he it didn't like the channel like delete the video it doesn't matter dude people then, are gonna but then people, people are gonna yeah. mirror
0: that video till the end of time it was so i so know. deliciously awful yeah. um but uh, tomorrow which friday for all intents and purposes are you doing the album cover video Tomorrow? no uh we are dropping a new music video for our band ah. dancing with ghosts new song and new music video are the song is called i like you and it's a brand spanking new music video uh directed cool. written and directed by me uh with some help nice help from some outside people with the camera work and all that but that that comes out tomorrow by the time i release this you will uh, this is old news by this point, um, so yeah. Anyway, go on over to my channel, YouTube.com/slash Dancing with Ghosts, and check that the fuck out or fuck you. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: Dancing
2: now with that's God, how this you, that's a how point. you people, folks. Yeah,
1: this is just at the point where Josh is just like fuck.
0: It.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm I, this is the this is the he's reached the the fuck it point. Yes. Of, of 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 the, of the podcast. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and also on Spotify if you want to check out my band. It's uh, Dancing with Ghosts. Everywhere's Dancing with Ghosts. If you want to donate anything uh, uh, during my time of unemployment, trust me, folks. If you want to look at my fucking bank statements, I'm not buying uh you know the the deluxe bag of doritos or anything like that i'm not living fancy i'm 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 literally are
1: are you are you not having your turkey sandwiches is that
0: why look mike i've budgeted out for the turkey the The turkey sandwiches aren't going anywhere <laughs> that's just that's how it goes uh i i'm still eating but that's fine still eating i was just you know yeah the turkey sandwiches are a for my happiness for and my my ability to work <laughs> so if anything it's a turkey sandwich fund you know what i mean so All that info will be in the description. And then finally, our guest, who who has taken a sick pleasure out of seeing me and Mike devolve into uh, essentially primates uh, just making noises at each other. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) What 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 do you want to plug, man?
2: Okay, plugs. Um, I guess uh, if you haven't already much like Mike, you've guessed I have a small, a small, tiny thing for Star Wars. I also like movies, maybe as much as Mike, maybe less. Who knows if you're interested in either one of those. But when it comes to weird movies, I'm your person. Um, We talk about all sorts of stuff that I bet Mike will appreciate and Josh will be like, oh, wow, look at that thing that's flying over my head. And so, yeah, if you like anything from we did a whole series on the films of Paul Bartel, we do stuff. Yeah, Paul Bartel. You don't hear his name often too much. Um, we did a bunch of uh, weird blockbusters where we talked about the Mortal Engines, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, Vanilla Sky, where we get the greatest, greatest line of dialogue ever said in a film by Cameron Diaz of, David, I swallowed your cum. That means something.
3: So, <laughs> oh, so, so,
2: which is a line of dialogue which deserved an Oscar because <laughs> it is delivered so deliciously. So, um, pardon the pun. Um. Yeah. So if you're interested, I forgot in these,
1: Tamron Diaz was even in that movie.
2: Oh, it's delightful! It's delightful. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and I should say that I asked Josh I could be on this podcast in December of 2017, and after waiting nearly nearly 30 months, I have to say it was well worth the wait.
0: <laughs> and we're st- and even though you had to wait that long, we're still more efficient than our government.
2: Pa 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 ba
0: uh, Zach, you, you, kind, you kind of teased like the whole uh, podcasts and all, but you never actually gave the name.
2: Oh, did that, 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 Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, that,
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you find anything, pod, whatever he said interesting, if you found any of that uh, talk about Cameron Diaz, you'll find it yeah, and come. Uh, yeah. You'll just if you really Let's want to, cinem- you, you got to work for it. You got to find it. Forget about it.
2: <laughs> sure. Star Wars is called Knights of Vader. A Star Wars podcast. The movie podcast is called Cinemodities. Good luck spelling it um i don't know i like why
1: that
2: I name said. though I, josh the person that said wow rob you did a fantastic job of creating a word i don't know how to spell right now
0: that's true i um, uh, the marketing department on that one was uh, out to lunch i think a little bit because I, I i have no idea how to how i would begin to
2: spell that it's it's cinema c-i-n-e-a-m oh my god i can't even spell it right. oh <laughs> so so <laughs> i'm so tired <laughs> whatever C-I-N. E-M-A-E. Oh, God, it doesn't have an A. Okay, forget it. No, it doesn't even matter. Don't even listen to it. <laughs> it's too late. Cinema lot of these. you either rather find what it. Is it?
1: What is it? What is it?
2: C-I-N-E-M-M-O-D-D-I-T-I-N. Yeah, that's a yeah. problem. I'm sorry, no, I figured late. it out, but I, I mean, it's late. I can't see. That's straight. well,
0: Mike. That's the one that I kept. I said, "Hey, Zach wants you to be on his podcast," and 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 that's the one
2: I didn't know. Any, I didn't. He, and Mike said he could come on, and like he got a job like five minutes later. Yeah, I'm like, I'm yeah.
0: Like, see, he yeah. knew that. Don't give, don't somewhere. give Mike an out, Zach. He'll never learn. <laughs>
2: Shh. But yeah, cinema There's no a. There's an o.
0: All right, well, <laughs> cinema obvious. Well, uh, this has been tedious, gentlemen. Um, No, I'm just joking. Uh, Indeed. This was fun. Indeed it has. I'm I'm glad I spent my Thursday night doing this. It was fantastic. I hope everyone out there, I mean, people are either going to love or hate this particular episode. Um, But in all fairness, though, you could have tuned out around the one hour mark, and you would have gotten your typical Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries feel, talking about the UFOs, talking about this, that, and the other. If you stuck... Less hours, just be extended B-roll. Uh, you know what i'm not even going to put i'm not going to even put it in the b-roll i'm putting it in the a A roll because this is the direction that i want to go in damn it so you you listeners out there need to get used to it because we've run out of unsolved mysteries episodes to talk about
2: oh man josh is doing it folks he's he's doing the suicide note for the podcast joe rogan i'm
0: coming for your audience baby no i'm just joking um all right guys until next time have a good rest of your day and or night goodbye see ya thank you folks